entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Breaking news here in Washington tonight. Sources tell CBS News that former Vice President Mike Pence has been subpoenaed by the special counsel looking into former President Donald Trump's handling of classified documents and his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. New York Congressman George Santos is facing new questions about his work for a firm that allegedly perpetrated a $17 million Ponzi scheme. Santos worked as the firm's New York regional director before it was alleged to be a classic Ponzi scheme and shut down by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Police searching for the suspect who shot and killed a man just steps from the Port Authority bus terminal during the evening commute. Crime scene tape replaced rush hour traffic on 8th Avenue Thursday evening. The victim was rushed to the hospital where he later succumbed to his injuries. In the 2022 AP, most valuable player is Patrick Mahomes. What better way to start your Friday morning than with the psychedelic furs? Heartbreak beat at 6.04 on your Friday morning. Back here on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. The self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. That's me. That's us. Sitting friends in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I got to wait for it to cool down in this uh, studio. I woke up hot this morning. And uh, I mean that uh, two ways, by the way. I look like a million bucks, and uh, temperature-wise, I'm sweating. I'm wearing this, I have to say this myself, I very rarely, very rarely compliment myself or pat myself on the back. It really... Rare. Yeah. So, um, what is it? What? What, Phil? What? You want to say something? No, there, there was what, a... Who are you talking about? There was a shocking <laughs> utterance from all the way down the yeah. hall when you uttered that. Just, that's all. Just want okay. to keep you updated on what's going on. Thank you. So Phil was, yeah. you know, couldn't believe it. I heard yeah. him fall out. Fine. Of all right. So done. today I'm wearing this uh, beautiful jacket, which I purchased at the garage in Brooklyn, my good buddy Anthony, and it's brown suede with a really crisp, dry-cleaned Joseph Abood button-down white shirt. And I did that for two reasons. First of all, it's a big Friday show. And I dress nicely every day. Every day I wear a beautiful jacket. But 
I got a feeling I may get a couple of phone calls today. Maybe, maybe not. From some folks who want to talk to me about a newspaper column, which you can find in today's New York Daily News. Now, I understand that nobody, and I mean nobody, reads the New York Daily News, and they shouldn't. It's complete, as my friend Neil Rogers would say, the late, great Neil Rogers, it's swill. I've actually gone to John Katsimatidis and said, buy it, please. Buy that next. You bought WABC, John and Margot, and now you've given New Yorkers and people around this country a chance to hear real radio. I mean, you folks, you don't understand what John and Margot have done. You fans in this city have no idea what they've done. So John saved WABC. John can save the Daily News and make that more like the New York Post. I read the New York Post every day. I haven't read the Daily News in I don't know how long. i tell you when. Bob Raceman writes a sports column on Sundays. And when I worked at WFAN many years ago, I was in that column every week. In fact, Bob Raceman was a guy that nicknamed Chris Russo and Mike Francesa Mike and the Mad Dog. And half of that, Mike Francesa, maybe two-thirds, will join us coming up at 7.40 this morning. That's a big deal, getting Francesa two days before the Super Bowl. (laughs) Schedule is packed, probably. I'm sure it is. He also, I believe, nicknamed Imus the I-Man. I believe that was Raceman, too. But he had me in his column almost every week. He was not a fan, and he used to call me Sidiot. Oh, you you got it right on. I remember now all of it. Mike and the Mad Dog. I man, Sidiot, every week. Sidiot, Sidiot. So he would write about me every Sunday. He still writes that column every Sunday. It's a big deal for sports fans. But I haven't read the uh, Daily News in about 15 years. And then I get a uh, message yesterday from John and others that some uh, reporter out there, some troublemaker, is looking for me. And his name, this, um, this idiot, what is his name here? Chris? Well, I should have it here, but I don't have it in front of me. Hey, Phil, get me the name of this um, moron who wrote this article in today's New York Daily News. I thought he printed the article. He did, but for some reason I don't see the name of the the columnist. And all this guy does, this guy Chris, get me his last name, damn it. All this guy does for three years is write nasty stories about Mayor Eric Adams. He has a serious hard-on for my friend the mayor. So he he saw my— Chris Sommerfeld. What is that now? Chris Sommerfeld. Chris Sommerfeld. The why, biggest... why do you want to give him props? Don't say his no, name. What, what, um, I'm, I'm going to spend four hours calling this guy a dick. Is that okay. props? If that's props, then we've really lost our way. You're giving <laughs> him fame. That's fine. He deserves fame. This is what he wants. This is infamy by the end of today's show. Because I need to point out <clears throat> that in this column, which I must thank uh, John Katzmatidis again, because he wrote a spectacular paragraph defending me and the mayor at the very end of this column. So thank you, John, again. But this uh, guy, Chris, has been spending three years, basically, writing nasty stuff about the mayor. So I knew when he came looking for me yesterday, this wasn't going to be good. So a couple nights ago, I went out for dinner with Eric again, me, the mayor, friend of ours, Alana, uh, Eleonora Surugo. We went to uh, Wolfgang's which is where I'm staying in the city. I'm moving today. I'll give you the whole load down there. I'm moving today. But uh, we went to Wolfgang's, 
It was the third or fourth dinner I've had with Mayor Adams. I forget. I've had a couple with Danielle, my son Gabe, all that. So I put a caption on Instagram that night, and it, it was a picture of me and the mayor. And the caption read, dinner with my friend the mayor, lots to discuss, going to make New York great again. So once you say you're going to make anything great again, who do you think of right away? Donald Trump. So this guy saw the caption, saw the picture. He's like, oh, I had enough of this. What's going on with Adams and Rosenberg on that Instagram page? And then you can see this guy went through my whole Instagram page, and there's a bunch of different pictures of me and the mayor and other folks. So he decides uh, to write this story. And he's not writing this story because he's happy that there's a Democrat mayor and a Republican radio host, a Trump supporter. I am that trying to fix this city. He doesn't care about that. He just wants to bury Adams and now me. So here is the headline with a big picture from the steakhouse of me and Adams. New York City Mayor Adams' friendship with pro-Trump radio host alarms some Dems. Quote, this is who Eric hangs out with? (laughs) Uh, He should have been around years ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> so then, that's fine. There's a picture of me and Eric and, and all that good stuff. And then as I, as I perused through the article, there's actually a picture of Eric and my son Gabriel, which is, uh, which is nice because Gabe was all excited at dinner last night. That is pictures in the New York Daily News. But then I went through the column, and I knew what I was going to see, a bunch of inaccuracies and fake news and lies, and I got it. He describes me this moron time and time again in this column as a raging Republican. A raging Republican. Now, what's the matter with that? If you listen to Sid Rosenberg long enough. Well, how can you possibly describe me as a raging Republican when you know that I'm pro-choice? And I make no apologies for being pro-choice. None. So right off the bat, Without saying anything else, once you're pro-choice, Lou Rafino, can you ever be categorized as a raging Republican? The bell has been rung. Not only Listen that. Up, school is in. You can't right. be. That's right. And how many times, Lou, have you heard me say on this show I'm pro-gay marriage, all for it, all for it, don't want to hear it? I've heard you say it many times. Do what you want. I don't care. I don't That's care. It. I don't care. I don't care. Man loves free. man. Woman loves woman. I don't care. Free to do what you want. Stay away care. from kids. Right. That's right. So I'm pro-choice, I'm pro-gay. There's a million other things that I'm pro that are socially liberal. So for this guy to call me a raging Republican is a lie, not just inaccurate, not just fake news. So I guess I've got this friend, her name is Crystal Lenzo. She had me speak at the Metropolitan Club over the summer, but really I went there to promote my book. And he's a very nice old people, Republicans, you know. But I have no idea about the history of the club. I, I don't know, Lou. So he writes in the article that <laughs> I'm at the Metropolitan Republican Club, and he mentions the fact that four or five years ago, the Proud Boys were there, and he makes it seem like in the column, like uh, I was there that, with them. Like you're part of right, that. Right, right. Uh, what a shock. Now, you know that even when Andrew Giuliani is here, you know how much I love that kid. I'm the guy giving Andrew the shot. That's me. No one mandated me to do it. John didn't tell me to do it. Chad didn't tell me to do it. Rudy didn't tell me to do it. I 
want to give this kid a shot. But he's a whack job sometimes. I, I go, Andrew, he's hanging out with, you know, uh, Joe the Box, who I love dearly, America First Warehouse, Steve Bannon, those types of people. Those are the folks that Andrew Giuliani does. See, I don't hang out with those people. I don't do that stuff. I just don't do it. Again, social, liberal. I don't hang out with crazy right-wing fringe Republicans. I've got friends on both sides of the aisle, but I'm a Republican. There's no bones about it. You want to ask Lee Zeldin how Republican I am? Lee Zeldin is on record saying I'm his favorite host in this city. By the way, Eric Adams said the same thing in a press conference, which is in this Daily News column, that Sid Rosenberg is my favorite host in the city. There's no bones about it. I'm a Republican, but I'm not a whack job. I don't like folks who are too far to the right. I can't stand folks who are too far to the left. To me, they're the more dangerous party. I'm on record. I'll say it right now. The Democrats are dangerous, much more dangerous than Republicans. Both parties have their issues when you go and you stray too far. But the Democrats certainly are the crazier party. But there are some good Democrats. And in my estimation, Eric Adams is one of those guys. And at the end of the day, I've got a beautiful wife. I've got a great 14-year-old son. My daughter's in college in Europe. That's true. But she comes home, and I want this city to be safe. And so does Eric Adams. I'll add one more thing to this uh, mix, by the way, Louis. Not only am I pro-choice, pro-gay marriage, all that stuff, I'm married to a woman who's biracial. My beautiful wife, Danielle, her father's African-American. Janaea Butler is going to join me at 640 this morning. She's a black lady. Hip-hop, friends with Jesse Jackson. She can't get enough of us. I mean, this guy, when you really delve into this column, this guy got nothing right. It's I all, mean, nothing it's, right. It's all in a, a lot of inaccuracies. Yes. It's just, but you look at the, that's what the paper is. That's what the Daily News is Garbage. right now. It's, Garbage. It's a shame. It's too bad. Eric Adams <laughs> is not a raging Democrat, and Sid Rosenberg is not a raging Republican. That's the bottom line. He's not that, and I'm not that. Now, look, at the end of the day, why this works for us, what this idiot Chris, this author, hasn't figured out is he just made me and Adams look great because as he's lying about me and once again writing nasty stuff about the mayor, the theme that comes across is through all the garbage, you got a Republican radio host and a Democrat mayor who put the city first. That's it. So Chris, I know he feels like he's got a feather on his cap. Oh, I got Adams. I got Rosenberg. No, you didn't, stupid. No, you didn't. You gave us a win. This is a huge win for Sid Rosenberg, for the mayor, for John Katsimatidis, WABC. Katsimatidis actually wrote, when I bought this station, I encouraged my hosts to look at things down the middle. He didn't like, you know, that, that crazy Trump support. That, he doesn't like that. I encourage my hosts Now, we still have hosts at this station, guys like Greg Kelly. They'll never do that. That's fine. But I do do that. And that's what John wanted. And that's who I am anyway. And he said, 
in this column, John goes, I actually encouraged Eric Adams to meet with Sid. You know, City Hall, they told him not to. They said, Eric, are you nuts? That guy's on WABC. He likes Trump. He's a Republican. You can't talk to him. And it was Eric Adams who said, guys, 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 I am not the mayor for Democrats. I'm the mayor for New York City. I'm the mayor for everybody. Democrats, Republicans, independents, whites, blacks, Christians, Jews. I'm the mayor for everybody. I'm going to talk to Sid Rosenberg. And he took that chance. He didn't have to do it. Now, we had a nice relationship before when he was Brooklyn Borough president, but I'm sure he knew that I was really very critical. I mean, really critical. I beat his ass. Made fun of him at times, too. But I think he knew in his heart of hearts that I'm a good man and that we can work together and solve some of these issues, which we do. Look, I've got a son who I'm so proud of and love so much. You know that, my son Gabriel, who was diagnosed with dyspraxia as a little boy. And I tell you folks every day, please follow our foundation. My wife, Danielle, has done an amazing job, the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia, DCD. Follow it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. The Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD. And my son deals with issues every day and has come out like a champ, whether it's hitting baskets on the basketball court, getting A's in all his classes. Everybody loves Gabriel. And Eric has to deal with the same things. He's got dyslexia. That is not easy, folks. It is not easy. For folks who have it, you know what I'm talking about. And he's the mayor. I don't, you don't lie. I can't stand. I don't care what you think anymore. For everybody that goes to my Instagram page and buries me and Eric Adams, you know what I do? I block you. I don't even bother reading it. I block you. I move on. Don't care. This guy's come from a dyslexic who grew up kind of like that Bruce Jacobs story, not exactly a silver spoon in his mouth, to the mayor of New York City and possibly, if he can clean up this city, possibly a legitimate candidate for the president of the United States. He don't care what you think, but he does care what I think, and he does care how New York ends up. So I want to thank Chris, whatever his last name is, in today's New York Daily News, you moron, for pointing out that there is still some civility left in this country. You know, Joe Biden says the word unity all the time. He has done nothing to unify this country. Nothing. He has made it ten times worse. When Eric Adams and Sid Rosenberg use those words, guess what? We walk the walk. Guys talk it, do nothing about it. We walk the walk. You know what? We go out for dinner, we discuss our kids, talk about the Knicks. Heck, last dinner, reality television. But we do discuss politics. He does ask me, what is your audience saying about this, Sid? What is your audience saying about that, Sid? That's a man that cares. So thank you, Chris, for pointing out to New York and everybody around the country. This article has now gone viral. President Trump even knows about it. Thank you for pointing out that a Democrat and a Republican can still get along and work to make things better in any city in our great country. Huge guest list about to come your way. Liz Pipko will co-host. She'll be here about 640. Jania Butler, she's on at 640. Curtis Sliwa. 
coming up at 7.05, 7.40, the great Mike Brancessa breaking down Super Bowl 57 in Arizona, Eagles and Chiefs on Sunday. 8.25, Noam Layden. 8.40, famed defense attorney Joseph Takapina. Coming up at 9.05, live in studio, big screening Monday night, Gemini Lounge, the man that wrote, directed, produced, and starts in Gemini Lounge in New York from Los Angeles, Danny A. And at 9.25, from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Frank Catania. Phones are open, 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. Epic Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. With the Psychedelic Furs, only right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. This song, right? Burt Bacharach? Yes, correct. And he died yesterday? Yes. It's a great song. Now, the singer is, who's this? Jackie DeShannon. Oh, yes, yes. But although, he did a bunch of great songs. Right, although he's done this himself and um, Dion Warwick. Oh, right. Well, this isn't it. Dion Warwick right now? No, it's Jackie DeShannon. Wow, sound like Dion. But he's yeah. done, uh, if I'm correct, maybe 10, 20 Hit songs? Huge songs, yes. How old was he, Lou? I think he was 94. Oh, my God, he was that old. 94. Yes, Jeez. he died in Los Angeles Yeah, 94. How about that? Well, uh, rest in peace, Burt Bacharach. I didn't get today's anniversary. And Did you get that list from Macedonia, Phil? Uh, no, I go to the, my own site anyway, so it's yeah. pretty comparable. I don't see I don't see a lot of birthdays. So. Oh, my God, I got a text okay. message just now from... Mayor Adams. Mayor Eric Adams, yeah. 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 Literally just now. Okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Frank Marano did talk about this column last night, too, on his show. I think he was actually filling in for Dominic Carter. Did he do both shows last night, Frank? Dominic's show and his show. I think he did them both. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, cut number 20. Frank Marano talking about me and the mayor. Cut 20. I give Adams credit for this both from a strategic point of view and from a moral one, an ethical one. Look, you're the mayor of all the people. You should talk to all New Yorkers. He goes on left-wing shows all the time. He was on MSNBC this week. Goes on New York One. He goes on WNYC. He goes on left-wing media all the time. What's the matter with occasionally going on right-leaning media? I don't think anything's the matter with it. And I also give credit to Sid Rosenberg 
Because the easy thing when you're talking to the WABC audience and you know that they're right-leaning is just to point to the other side and act like this is pro-wrestling and say, yeah, 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 those Democrats suck, when the much tougher thing is to occasionally have a conversation and let your audience hear what's going on. So I give credit to both Mayor Adams and Sid Rosenberg. And I have to tell you, they do really like each other. There's uh, Frank Morano. By the way, traffic is coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This is my guy, John Katsimatidis, for number one in the morning. He's number one at five. That great show, Cats at Night, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. Here he's talking with the former speaker, Newt Gingrich, John Katsimatidis, and Newt Gingrich. I think they're talking here about Sarah Sanders Huckabee giving a better State of the Union address than the president, Joe Biden. What the heck is going on in Washington? Give us an update. I thought in the State of the Union, I actually thought the most important thing Tuesday night wasn't Biden's speech. Uh, If you have not seen um, Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders' speech from Tuesday night, pull it up on YouTube. Don't don't read it. You have to see how she delivers it. I thought it was the best general statement of conservative philosophy since Ronald Reagan in October of 1964 when he gave a speech called A Time for Choosing. I mean, she nailed it at every level, and she did it with personal stories and with warmth and with effectiveness. And I wrote a newsletter saying that a star is born. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Adrenaline running through my veins and my skeleton when you say my name and the high no it never goes away I like jumping out of airplanes and swimming with the sharks that existential feeling when you're staring at the stars there's a hurricane in my head but the lightning in my heart makes it worth it yeah, I still get nervous When you walk through the door And you look in my eyes Yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels Like the very first time I could fall for you forever I'm certain Cause I still get nervous When you lips So Liz Pipko The great Liz Pipko Has been on this show many, many times Bernie loved her We love her here. So she just dropped off the actual paper, the New York Daily News. I haven't seen. I just got the online version of the Adams-Rosenberg column last night. And there it is, page two. Far-right Trump fan. Far-right, again, pro-choice. I'm pro-choice. Pro-gay marriage. Married to a biracial woman. But don't worry, Chris. You're close. Far-right Trump fan, which I am. I am a Trump fan. And mayor getting chummy. Got that wrong, too, because we're not getting chummy. We're already chummy. So the headline itself, in like eight words, he effed up like three times. Then you get to read the article. He really effs up. But um, anyway, it's uh, it's good to um, to be in the paper with Eric Adams because we do have that in common, trying to fix this city. And before we get to Jania, you're in from Florida, Liz. You spent time between New York and Florida. When you come back here, are you nervous? Does the city intimidate you? Do you feel like it's the same city? And how do you feel about a Trump 
fan, which, of course, you know the president very, very well, about a Trump fan becoming buddies with the mayor? It's a very loaded question. First of all, nothing intimidates me. But, yes, the city has changed. Uh, having grown up here, being, you know, not afraid to walk alone at 12 years old outside, it's a very different feeling being more than double that age now and worrying a little. Yeah. Um, but this worries me even more. I don't know why we're worried about who people are friends with instead of their policies. I think it's kind of sick. Honestly, I've never asked anyone who their friends voted for or right. what they support. Right. And I think it's um, a big representative of what's wrong in this country right now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, the, the funny part about this. And here's Jania Butler. And, you know, Jania, of course, ran for office, big in the hip-hop community, and a great voice for the African-American community. I can make the argument, Jania, mm-hmm. that this column is exactly what's wrong with America today, that trying to find a reason to get angry with a Republican and Democrat or a black and a white 100%. Or a Jew and a black is exactly what's wrong with our country today. That's why I ran um, as a Republican in Harlem, which is a D85, you know, district, right? So that's why I ran to say to the African-American community, it's okay that, you know, I've been your friend for all these years. Now, I've been a Republican since 2000. Nobody ever asked me, was I a Republican or Democrat? Now, are you a, a, I've been describing this column as a raging Republican, even though I'm pro-choice. <laughs> are you a raging Republican? No. Well, when yeah. I when I when I do myself on the scale, I'm I'm closer to the middle right. than I am, you know, all right. the way right. But at the same time, what's wrong with that, right? You know, this is a free country. I'm a citizen of the country. You're a citizen of the country. I think that the mayor has a great opportunity right here. You know, I think he has an opportunity to change America right here because this is like Liz was saying, this is what's wrong with America right now. And so if he doubles down on this and says this is a okay, I think that we're going to see a president very soon in our in our midst. It could be. I mean, if he fixes this city, then the uh, the sky's the limit. You are a regional Republican, though, Liz, right? You're like... uh... I don't think I am. You know, I'm not even registered. I'm nothing. And You're nothing. I, I'm right. nothing. When I do that chart, I am dead center. I don't. I don't know why people say that. I'll tell you why. Because if you like Donald Trump, and you have a relationship with Donald more than I do, so if you like him, if you have a relationship with the president, you're automatically a raging Republican. Even though, let me remind folks. That for the better, the better part of sixty-six years, right. Donald Trump was a Democrat. Right. I mean, he, he found he figured out to win. I can beat Hillary. I'll become a Republican. So yeah, he did all those things. And he was a good friend in the hip hop community. Don't forget that part. He you was. Know? Yeah. He still so, is, I guess. Yeah. Well, not really, because again, we, the immaturity about Republicans <laughs> and Democrats is what's happening, right? And so if I'm a Republican, now you can't talk to me, just like they're doing with the mayor. Why are you talking to him? Why not? How are we going to get this city back on track if everybody's not involved? We talk about Hochul and telling us, you know, Republicans don't belong in this this city at all. They don't right. belong here. Leave. Go you to Florida. Go. Right. Right. But now when we have somebody that's embracing us and saying, well, let me hear what you got to say. That's what we need in America. But wait a second. You said the president is no longer that type with the hip hop community. Isn't he just like a month away from having dinner with Kanye West? <laughs> yeah, but Kanye, Kanye went Republican and they outcast him as well. You yeah, know, yeah. they, you know, now he's crazy Kanye. And so I think that people need to and I and I get it a little in my community, but there's. You know, when you look at my history, right, and you look at all the things that I've done, how are you going to say 
well, now I can't talk to you because you're a Republican because I yeah. made my own choice. Yeah. And I think that's what's the problem across America, not just here in the city. So you miss it. So she was in about a week ago, Liz, and um, it was a really fiery conversation. She came in this morning. We hugged each other, gave each other a big kiss. I love seeing her. She's great on the air. But it got it got pretty contentious. Uh, we disagreed on some of the reasons why. There are issues in the black community. By the way, I apologize for none of them. I still feel the same way. Yeah, it's okay. As I know you do, right? But the beauty was, here you are today. You didn't get mad. You walked out. Hey, that was great. That was great. And it got pretty heated. And guess what, Sid? It's day 10 Black History Month. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't mind me. Oh, that's it, what it was all about. Actually, she came in day one. Mm-hmm. And I said, what is this nonsense? A month for the gays, a month for the blacks. I don't want a month for the Jews. I don't want a month for anybody. Spend one day, congratulations, when you start to put a month together for a certain race, creed, gender. To me, that further divides the nation. Get your day. Great. Make a date with the Jews, the blacks, the Latinos. No, but everybody has a month. Women's History whoa, Month whoa, whoa. is next whoa, month. When's Jewish Month? Well, I, like I said, we need to go and lobby. I'll go and lobby with you. I want to know what I need to know. Well, I'll tell you right? this. I will tell you this. Because I complain about the studies, uh, Janae, as you mm-hmm. know, my son, mm-hmm. civil rights, civil rights. Mm-hmm. So the Tunnel to Towers Foundation mm-hmm. has now put together a curriculum, K through 12, mm-hmm. for 9-11. Oh, wow. And you, Liz Pipko, you're working on something where the kids will be learning about the Holocaust in those grades too, right? Yeah, I mean, hoping to get it to schools. But yeah, the problem is that if you don't live near a Holocaust museum, teachers, I think, don't feel as though they could teach the... Intensity of the Holocaust and God there's knows, only two museums like New York and right, Washington so D.C. God knows what timing they're given to teach you know serious right. issues much like the Holocaust, so they basically skim over it, and that's why we have a lot of the problems that we have right now because kids were not taught about the Holocaust. Now, on, in, in your case, Janaea, mm-hmm. kids are certainly being taught in big cities, and I'm okay with it. It's great. Civil rights, slavery. Sometimes that's it. These kids don't learn about World War II or Pearl Harbor or the Holocaust or any of those days. No, no, that's not No, no, no. No, my son's 14. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, he has not learned about any of that stuff. Civil rights almost every day. Now, should I be saying to you, no, we don't need a nine one, we don't need a nine eleven curriculum? I I shouldn't be. But I'm not saying to you we don't need civil rights. What I'm saying is not every day. I mean, give me some civil rights. <laughs> right. Give me some right. 9-11. Okay. I'll take that. Right? I'll take Is that. Is that not fair? Absolutely. I, you know, I went to scare, school in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and it was a very balanced. The hard hood of Cherry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sid. But it was a very balanced curriculum. And we learned in Cherry Hill to love everybody right and so and but and i think that curriculums like that where they they teach love amongst all people and all things is is what we need you know so it worked it worked for us yeah yeah absolutely so day 10 of black history month Mm -hmm. uh what has been going on throughout the month the first 10 days for example what were some of the features well, everybody wrote. Let me just say this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop, right? So I don't know if anybody's seen that, the Grammys wait, is that this year or next year. Well, you know, everybody's going back and forth. Like yeah. that, you know, it started 19 August 11th, 1973. So they're going, you know, getting technical of when is the 50th year? Is it the anniversary started 74? So is it actually this year? But we're right. celebrating this year. Right so then, who started? Was it the Sugar Hill Gang? Um, was it- cool Herc. So Cool, cool Herc. Herc. Yes, yeah, so there's so Cool Herc and his sister Cindy started out in the Bronx. They started out in a park in the Bronx, and they um, had the first 
hip hop party, which is known as the biggest party, and that sparked hip hop, and oh, that really brought so, everybody so, so in. Rufino, who I runs the board here, mm-hmm. this is a genius. Mm-hmm. He ran on Mrs. Board for thirty years, Janaya. Okay. No one knows more about music. This kid smoked weed with Lebron <laughs> Helm, did heroin with like all these uh, famous people. There's uh, too many details. That's fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool Herc. Does I, that I, ring a bell? I, no, I. I, I well, he I was, was a DJ. Oh, right. he was a okay. DJ, he so was he didn't a DJ. sing. Hip-hop started with the DJ. Oh, See, the, most the, people scratcher, think... Yeah. Right, the scratching. Yeah. So most people think that yeah. it started with the MC. But right. the MC, the DJ was the one who, you know, made the party move, made, you know, made Got everything it. go. Got it. And then... The the MC came on and then they started doing the break beats and they started rapping. Was was that Sugar Hill Gang the first MC? Sugar Hill Gang was the first um, group that was signed to um, to a label. And like so, Curtis Blow too, somebody like Curtis that. Blow. Curtis yes. Blow was a, the first. Uh, 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 individual that yeah. was signed to yeah. a label. By the way, congratulations. So there's so much history. Congratulations on. My wife, Danielle, who happens to be a biracial, uh-huh. just sent me a text, and she's tough. Uh-huh. She don't like anybody. Uh-huh. She said, oh, my God, she's great. Jania <laughs> is so smart. Oh, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. Yeah. Who, by the way, is very smart, too. Um, and she's a big hip-hop fan. Uh-huh. In fact, we, we fight in the car all the time. Uh-huh. You know, do you do this with your husband, Liz? you fight about uh, changing music and stuff like that? We fight about nothing. He's not allowed to fight with me. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> you get that deal. So uh, I get angry with some of the music mm-hmm. because I don't know why it's okay for African-American performers, for example, to use the N-word. Well, not, and, I get, and I go, wait a second. I, get, I hear one Jay-Z song. He just, and, and they go, well, it's okay because he's black. No, it's not. It's I not. Don't wanna, I don't want to hear a Jewish person call me the K-word. I don't want to hear an Italian call another Italian again. No, it's not okay. So I go, shut that off. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, you're just old. Does that make me old? Does no, me- it doesn't make you old. And and we in the hip-hop community have to push more because a lot of stuff happens behind using words, using talking about violence and things of that nature. And so I was somebody who grew up, and I fought my I fought my parents, you know, for hip-hop. I yeah. fought them. What are you yeah. talking about? Well your, parents you know? are, well, your parents are white and Jewish, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm half Jewish, Santos. <laughs> I'm half Jewish. Yeah. I'm from Cherry Hill. <laughs> But um, so I fought them for, you know, hip hop. And then I realized as I grew older and then when I seen how much that it affects the children and and that we need to lead better. And so this is why I'm happy that we've made it to the 50th anniversary of hip hop. And, I, you know, and I've put in a lot of work to do that. If you've seen the Grammys the other day, they had a 50th anniversary celebration. A lot of the people that I work with were on the stage. The legends. No, I I wasn't there. Oh, you should have been there. I should have been there. But I said, you know, let me just not only should you be there, you should have done a duet with Flavor Flav. (laughs) Flavor, flavor, good friend of mine. Uh, You know what's funny? We we stayed, we've been staying in a hotel, as you Mm -hmm. know, for two months. You know Mm -hmm. that. And um, it was New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And I was staying at the Millennium Hilton Hotel. And Danielle and I went down to have some dinner. And who was there? Flavor, Flavor, flavor. So my son goes, my son goes, why is his clock so big? (laughs) Can he just put a watch and tell us? I go, that's Flavor Flav. He's one of the greatest of all time. He took a picture with me. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been nicer. I know he was there that night. He's one of the all time. Now, he, he actually uh, talked a couple of weeks ago, though, about this mm-hmm. horrible drug addiction. Absolutely. A lot of money on crack. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think you know this, Jania, mm-hmm. that the perception, and I use the word perception, mm-hmm. 
the perception is gangbangers, drugs, guns, disrespect the police, disrespect authority. That's still the case in a lot of it's places not, today. It's, it's, it, so what's happening now, and what you have a lot of fakers out there now, but if you talk about where the Bronx was in 1973 and how horrible the Bronx was and how these young kids who were 17, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Cass, who was 17, 18, turned, instead of fighting, they started battling and dancing. Yeah. And, and so that was, and so they started talking about what they knew. So they got out of the gangs, yeah. right? Yeah. And so then they realized, the the bigger industry realized that this sells, the gang sells. Yeah. And so now you have these younger kids that are playing gangs. They're not really. They're not really. You, they're yeah. not. And so that's yeah. why it's so much trouble now. And now you are uh, white and Jewish. And uh, you live in, like, Boca in New York. I mean, you're, like, really one, dude. Um, <laughs> do you like hip-hop? Do you, I do, you do. I do. I grew up watching Flavor Flav. Actually, I love him. You know, we're signed to the same modeling agency, if you want to laugh. You and Flavor Flav? Yes, Flavor we are. Flavor Flav still models? I think it's, like, an influencer thing now. <laughs> but, yeah, clearly, we have the same management. So. That's unbelievable. Yeah. He was very nice when I met him that night. So nice. the only question that remains, mm-hmm. after another amazing appearance, and you're here every other week because mm-hmm. she's that good. Mm-hmm. You like her, right? Love her. Um, here's the question. Mm-hmm. And, Lou, I think you would agree this is the only thing people want to know from Janaya Butler, Mrs. Hip Hop herself. You ready? Yes, sir. Tupac or Big E? Oh, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Said that hurt. That hurt. That's a tough one. Now, I'm a Big E guy. I admit Tupac was the more talented guy. He could act. He could write. He was. I actually love Tupac. But for some reason, the Brooklyn thing and... I love that song, Hypnotize, so, and, and the whole Faith Hill thing. So I'm kind of a Faith Hill. So I'm more of a, of a big E guy, but I do admit Tupac had more talent. So, I, you know, I'm an LIU Blackbird, Brooklyn all day, every day, um, Big E, Big E Smalls. Got, to, got a chance to meet him back in the day. Did you really? Yep, I did. Wow. I didn't meet Tupac, though. I didn't meet Tupac. You never met Tupac. I never met Tupac, but I got a chance to meet Big E, and he was so warm you know he yeah. was like you know i was scared to speak to him i think i was like 19 years old and i was scared to speak to him and he was like come here i don't bite you know and i was oh, like wow so i have yeah. this awesome picture i'm gonna send it to you i have this oh, awesome picture with it. me and biggie yeah post it on my, yeah, on my instagram account who do you think is the greatest hip-hop artist of all time Ooh, sid i know these are tough you're questions. getting me in I, trouble I sid. you're getting me in trouble go with run dmc i love that guy well <laughs> you know run dmc you know i always say that there's a, a top five and i always say that you know who's the greatest how can you measure the greatest with this talent right how can you measure because everybody is talking about something different you have storytellers you have people that just straight talk you have all these different characteristics and so how do you name a top five but i'm gonna go Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, Ghostface, um, and uh, my fifth one is up for grabs, Rakim, yeah. you know. You want, and so, you, want, you want to save yourself from being dubbed racist? Throw Eminem in there just for Well, Eminem is good, <laughs> but, you know, how could he be the best if he's if he's... If he's got his style from somebody he else. He copied somebody else. Right. Right. That would be like, uh, Liz, uh, in this uh, political uh, situation, how could Ron DeSantis be the best if all he's doing is copying Donald Trump? Couldn't have said it better, man. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. a perfect answer? Yeah, that's, that's a great way to say it. That's there you go. Word. Bang. So well, one more time. What's the list of top five? Um, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, Rakim, and Ghostface. No Tupac. Five. No Tupac. Oh. No Tupac. Again, because... I mean, Tupac, you know, you can interchange, but no Tupac. All right. But I got love for California. You like this song, right? Mm-hmm.
Absolutely. Come on. By the time she leaves, she's going to be like, uh, Tupac uh, number one. Yeah. <laughs> He's number three. <laughs> Where is the museum going to be? Uh, for the, is that in Brooklyn? Or? It's in the Bronx. In the Bronx. It's, yep, it's in the Bronx. And, you know, you should go down and see it. There's some great, um, you know, historical stuff going on there. People, and, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great museum. I'm really looking forward Me too. to Me too. it coming out. And yeah. people are really donating and making it, you know, what it is. And Eric Adams... Again, you know, supports hip hop, so yeah. he supports all citizens of this city. Yeah, my man Mary Eric Adams was up uh, with one DMC. He always goes, "Let me tell you something about me, man. I'm dyslexic. I was neglected and elected." I'm like, "Oh my God, he's yeah. a regular artist." <laughs> I love that guy. Hey, great job, thank you, Jania. Great job. That is Jania Butler. Follow her on Instagram. She's a great follow on this show or just about every other week great appearance. Thank you. We'll have a lot more to do today. Liz Pipko sitting in with me and then 7 o'clock hour. Curtis Sliwa, that's psycho. He'll be here at 7.05. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Then we'll talk Super Bowl with half of the legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, the great Mike Francesa. All that coming up next hour right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Well, it's Friday at 7.05, and you guys know that I made the executive decision based on a few things. First of all, I like this guy, and I think he's very talented. And the ratings outside of me, he's the next big thing here. Proved to go very, very well. So I decided to bring on Curtis Sliwa three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 7.05. What I did not decide, but Curtis decided on my show, mind you, was to play his own music. And uh, people know, of course, that me and Lou take the music very seriously. But Curtis comes in and goes, I'm playing this today. Okay, fine. You're Curtis Lee. You're a guardian angel. You're a hero. So he goes, today, I'm playing Ebony and Ivory. Now, I'm not an idiot. I understand the biggest story in New York today is the white radio host and the black mayor becoming very, very friendly. So my assumption, Curtis, is that that's why you played the song. But I may be wrong. You're a very, you're a sick man. I have no idea why. No, you're no. Well, yes, it is. Brian Kilmeade was on his way to Phoenix for the Super Bowl, so um, I uh, co-opted his two hours. So it was three hours of me bashing you <laughs> and playing Ebony and Ivory over this over this political hot tub that you've jumped into with Eric Adams. Because your very dear friend, my very dear friend Tom Sullivan, texted yeah. me and said, I was laughing so hard when you played that song, the theme song for... Sid Rosenberg and Eric Adams said he almost uh, crashed. He almost turned right off the road because that's your theme song from now on. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Tom Sullivan before you get back to me and the mayor because the folks that don't know, I don't know how you don't, but me and Curtis talked about that election in Queens forever. And Tom won the election for Assemblyman. And he got robbed because Stacey Pfeiffer Amato 
is a longtime politician. A mother is a politician. A father was a judge. He won by about 300 votes. She literally, this is no joke. I know Trump complains all the time. She literally stole the election. They tried to screw Lester Chang in Brooklyn. Lester was on this show last week. He got in, thank God. But Tom Sullivan really did get the election stolen from him. And all he's done in his life, served in Afghanistan, served in Iraq, served in Kuwait, dragged bodies out of a burning World Trade Center, saved lives. And this guy gets the election stolen from him by some... Lady in, in Howard Beach. And think of this. He almost died uh, spinning off of the road when he heard Ebony and Ivory <laughs> yesterday. All those things he survived against the odds. Yeah. And he almost died laughing his ass off, <laughs> as I'm sure everybody does when I play that as the theme song when I do the Sid rap, which is at 1245 Monday through Fridays towards the end of the hour. As you know, I've co-opted even more Bill O'Reilly in that hour. Yes. I'm, I'm like a Pac-Man, you know. You give me an inch, I take a mile. <laughs> and it's exactly what I do. And every chance I get to bash you, Sid, I do that because you got all your friends. I saw the Hollywood Squares that John Katsimatidis put full page ad in the post. There was also in the Daily News article, they had that. Well, on the online version. Right. They actually had a picture of uh, that specific by the way, allegedly, of course, she stole the election. Let me make that very, very clear. But um, no, no, I, she stole she the stole, election. Right. But uh, on the online version, they've got that picture that yes. was Monday's New York Post. They've also got a picture of my son, who I love dearly. I know you love Gabriel too. Yes, yes, absolutely. So proud of him. And as I mentioned earlier, Eric Adams is dyslexic. Gabriel has dyspraxia. So they've got a nice little relationship there. So yes, there were some nice pictures. But in the newspaper, it's only no, no, you no, can no, see me that. and Eric. I know yeah. that, but still. They posted uh, the New York Post Hollywood Squares ad (laughs) where you had me in the middle, which, as you know, is always synonymous with the angriest drunken gay man in the history of entertainment. Paul Lind. And I I, I know that was done purposely. It was. I mean, you're not drunk and gay, but the rest works for you. All right. Well, let me break this down. I got to bust your bubble, this love fest I heard. Did you say good morning to Liz Pipcomb? Oh, good morning, Liz. Good morning, Liz. She was actually on the show with you and Juliet uh, years and years ago. What's that? Me and who? I've had I'm not, so I'm many. Not asking what any of this. No, means. no, I've had so many co-hosts. I don't know if I've had more ex-wives or it's ex-co-hosts. Close. It's right? close. Yes. But anyway, yes. let's get down to brass tacks. Let's do it. This love fest that you had in the last hour, you were elevating Eric Adams to the presidency of the United States. Could, Could happen. happen. Could Knock happen. yourself out. Every mayor has tried, and every mayor has crashed and burned. But let, let's give you brass tacks. Ever since you came on board and reunited. With Eric Adams, because you were his friend originally when he was borough president. Yes, we were friends. And then you just dropped napalm on him all during the election cycle. And in his first... Phil, make sure you cut this out of the uh, podcast later on today. Again, I'm sorry. Uh, And also, (laughs) during his first year in office, you were dropping napalm on him on a regular basis. Then you rediscovered Eric Adams. Well, let me give you the analytics. If I was advising Eric Adams, I would say, schmuck putz, (laughs) you were at 42% approval rating. Now you're at an all-time low. No mayor has ever been at 37%. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, you're not. You're not saying that Eric Adams lost five percentage points in his popularity and has gone to that level because of his friendship with me, are well, you? What's the only difference between the last poll and now? His appearances with you on WABC, 42% to 37%. Look, he calls himself the Biden of Brooklyn. Joe Biden is at 40%. Kathy Crimewave Holcomb is at 50%. Bill de Blasio at his worst day in eight years was at 38%. He has hit rock bottom with you. And 
He said, and it's in the article, that his favorite show on radio is Sid Rosenberg. Well, he said that at a press conference. It wasn't even about radio, not just for the audience. No, he didn't make any uh, quotes in this article. The writer took that at a press conference weeks ago when out of nowhere, unprovoked, he said, my favorite radio host in this city is Sid Rosenberg. Yeah, well, that pissed off Charlemagne the God and all the <laughs> brothers and sisters there on the FM side. So that's where he lost. He lost you, 5% because he decided to hook up with the McWhitey Whitey, the Trumper. Oh, my God. If I were his political advisors, I would say, man, you got to cut the umbilical cord here. This is a killer. Well, they've already done that, as you know, Curtis. Not just his political advisors, but every Democrat across the city has got Eric Adams well, and let, said, let me tell not you, a good idea. Let me tell you why I think this is a good thing for Eric Adams. If I was your advisor, I'd say politically, according to the numbers, it's not good. But having Sid Rosenberg and his son on occasion sit down and have a meal with you is so much better than being friends with that bling-bling bishop pal of yours, Lamar Whitehead, who is on his way to jail. Or his newfound friend, who is the state senator, Malcolm Smith, who just got released from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, federal prison for political corruption. I would much rather see him hanging out with you and Gabe than these two crooks. Because, you know, he has a number of friends who are very nefarious, who are former felons, who uh, he claims that he's mentoring. And I know he's not mentoring. Hold on a second. You got a set of balls on you. You're going to talk to me about him having friends that are felonious? Yes. When you grew up hanging out with Joey Testa, yes. Patty Testa. Right. Let's not Anthony forget Sa- the craziest uh, yeah. of all, Anthony Centaur. Right. So, so you know that live in studio coming up at 9.05 today is Danny A., the writer, creator, producer, director, and star of Gemini Lounge. He's coming in at 9.05. We have our screening on Monday night. How, how will I know? Because <laughs> I haven't been invited to the screening. Right. I happen yeah. to have known most of these guys. Correct. Most of these guys. That's my point. So you're going to hold Eric Adams' feet to the fire when you hang out with every mobster in New York City? I grew up with them. Oh, come, come on, come on. So hey, Eric, Eric Adams grew up with these guys. Mm, no, he did. <laughs> Sid. I just paid you a compliment. Better that he hang out with you than the recently that, that's released. A com- that, that's like saying, Sid, you're good enough to win the beauty contest in a leper colony. By the way, did you see the latest <laughs> story of Eric Adams, his obsession with fighting tickets for having rats on his property? Right. Yeah. He goes in front of the judge yesterday. Now, how ridiculous with all the problems in the city. Yeah. We got a fire department in disarray. That's not his fault. That's not his fault. Excuse me. Who, did, who appointed Kavanaugh? Uh, let's face it. It was. Well, she was recommended by Daniel Nigro. No, 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 no. Go up the chain. Yeah. Let's go to the old White well, House. He's not happy with the way the department is going. Uh, we had that discussion. Michelle Obama, who you're fearful of if she were to become the Democratic nominee <laughs> for the presidential. You're always going, oh, my God. She would win. She would win. She told Eric Adams, yeah. hire Kavanaugh as your fire And you're going to blame him for not uh, not saying yes to Michelle Obama, I'm the most powerful person the in, in the world? The entire brass yeah. is leaving. It's like mutiny on the They're bounty. They're not all leaving. So that's number one. Number Hold two, on a second. You, you shook your head there for a second, Liz, in agreement. If Michelle Obama ever decided, to, and you're a Trump person, ever decided to run for office, she would win, yes or no? She and her husband are very, very, very loved. Yeah, she'd... We'd, the other side would have a serious problem. Serious she problem. Yeah. Right. I don't believe she's going to run. You don't believe she will. No. But uh, do you believe that anybody else can beat Donald Trump besides Michelle Obama? No. Okay. Now, you realize, of course, I'm a big Trump guy because it says it in today's New York Daily News, so I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. The fire department no, no, very is good. This love affair for Donald Trump who's bashing DeSantis every day, claiming he's that a he's a pedophile. 
Come uh, on. This, uh, we going through all this again. Remember what he did to Ted Cruz? Oh, I, I'm reading in the National Enquirer that Ted Cruz's I, I father I, I helped uh, Lee Harvey Oswald kill JFK. Come on. Get rid of this nut job. It's all out this, with him and this, out with Biden. When this nut job was president, the economy was great. There were no wars going on overseas. The country was doing well. And now... This Ron DeSantis that you love. Let me ask you a question. This Ron DeSantis, you know what Ron DeSantis is? He's Donald Trump. Let me like ask every you one of Ron DeSantis' policies, he stole from Donald Trump. Don't buffalo me. Yeah. If there were an election, Eric Adams versus Donald Trump, who are you voting for? Adams. <laughs> Trump, stop it. Oh, God. What kind of crazy question is that? No, well, he wants to be president. What does right? this say? Read this out loud. Read that. What do you want to read it out loud? For. Uh, yeah. Far-right Trump fan That's and it. may again I'm a Trump fan. I'm not really far-right. But right. by the way, let's get back to what I am an expert on, rats. And yeah. I volunteered to be the rat czar. Yeah. And Eric Adams eventually told me, F you, get off my property. <laughs> He's been hit with ticket after ticket. So he goes in front of the judge yesterday. This is a mayor with all this chaos going on in the city. He's arguing these tickets. I don't have rats. I don't have rats. News here. Remember, I was there cleaning up his property yes. when he told me, get off my property. Yeah. I've got the video. I've got the photos of what the property looked like then. I am filing a friend of the court brief with the court with the video and the photos oh of what God. the property looked like when he was ticketed. He has burrows. He has rat infestation. And that basement apartment hasn't been occupied in like six months. That's where all the rats are. But wait a second. You keep telling me he doesn't live in New York anyway. So oh, that's how right. is that his apartment? That's right. Uh, and to Andrew Giuliani, he's not ready for prime time. Here it is. You're going on and on about how you and the mayor were talking about housewives in New York. Yeah. And you said he knew more about the housewives in New Jersey. That's true. And I said, absolutely. He lives in apartment no. 20. 22H, no, no, and Fort Lee with Tracy, not. his beard, and his other girlfriend no. who's right below him in the other condo. Everybody knows that. And Andrew Giuliani wasn't quick enough to pick up on that. Of course he likes New Jersey housewives. What is wrong with you? I mean, none of this is true. You're, you're worse than the, the writer in the New York Daily News. No, just, no, 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 no. None of this is true. None of it. Oh, now, I have an apartment 22A in Coney Island at the beautiful Ocean Drive Towers at John Katzmatini's And let's never forget yeah. that there was a, a rainy morning. It was really dangerous. And I was in the middle of the campaign against Eric Adams, and I was going into the projects, and I called up Sid. I said, Sid, I'm taking you to work. You are not taking the D train, D for dangerous, from Coney Island. Which, which I must tell you, I was willing to take, Liz, a very long walk because those apartments, while beautiful, they're a good distance from Stillwell Avenue where the train is. And what they need to do, really, John needs to do, is to get some, some type of like a, uh, like a shuttle to go back and forth to the train. That's Dom's idea. And I was ready in the rain in relatively dangerous surroundings to walk to the train. And Curtis, being the dear friend that he is, and he does love me, he actually picked me up that morning on the corner in the rain and drove me into New York City. So I'm here to have this show with you today. So I that's right. That one. That's right. And I was arguing with the Bloods uh, over in Kerry uh, uh, oh. Gardens. Kerry <laughs> Gardens, <laughs> yeah. where they have a shrine of Stefan Marbury. Yes. Well, I wanted to beat him up 15 years ago. And your friend, who is a foe of mine, <laughs> Congressman Peter King and Vito Fasella, said, Curtis, don't set it off in the restaurant here. I said he's a red Chinese spy. <laughs> I want to beat the hell out of him right now. Wait I could have settled this balloon issue 15 years ago. Wait a second. You said that stuff. Stephon Marbury, 
the former New York Knit and New Jersey basketball player, was a red Chinese spy? Yeah, they got. And a, you believe that? They got a statue of him outside <laughs> of an arena in Red China. They love him. I mean, there's Mao Zedong, and then there's Stefan Marbury. <laughs> and Peter King, who was my enemy of all enemies, said, "Don't set it off right here. You wouldn't have had this balloon issue. You wouldn't have had Cold War with Emperor Xi. <laughs> I would have settled it with Stefan Marbury." By the way, he was with a woman who was about the size of Lizzo, Lizzo, or whatever. <laughs> I've never seen a woman so large in my life. So now I've learned this. I thought that your enemy was the mayor, and certainly I thought that Gotti Jr., who put six bullets in your stomach, not him, his friend, uh, well, Frankie. Michael Leonardi, who's right, out. Right. Who's out. I know he's out. But now it turns out that Peter King is your biggest enemy? No, no. Everyone who's on the list yeah. of the Hollywood Squares, <laughs> that is Sidney Rosenberg's friends. Even my mom? No, Naomi, I give an exemption. Uh, She's the star, <laughs> without a doubt. She she transcends everybody. I give her a pass. But everyone else on that list yeah. is an enemy of mine because they, they are a friend of Wait, yours. Even, I'm a fiend. I'm a foe of you. Even my kumbada chief, Rudy Giuliani. Right. He's on the list. Because he's a friend of yours. John Katsimatidis is on the list. Maybe him and Naomi. He does, He pays you. You need the money. You got I six can't months. say anything about that. I got child support here. Come on. I don't want to get dragged into family court again. Are you kidding? Well, what are you trying to do? Set me up for a big fall here, Sid? You, you got room? You got room oh, out God. there in the Rockaways for me to hide out? No, but I do offer you a great divorce attorney. Yeah, My yeah. name is Daniel Rosenberg. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> uh, no, no diss to Daniel Rosenberg, but yeah. this is what divorce attorneys do. Having been through this, what, one, two, three, four, five, five. <laughs> they, they, they get both parties and they say, you don't talk to one another any longer. Yeah. We do the talking. I said, yeah, you do the screwing of me together because guess what? I'm paying for her lawyer, too. I know. I know. It's really it's sad. I know. Sad. Yeah, she has more divorces than Tom Brady has Super Bowl wins. Exactly. <laughs> Very impressive. Actually. Exactly. Well, what do you mean impressive? <laughs> he, tried, he tried to set me up to say something negative about John Katzmatidis. No. There goes my child support. <laughs> and then I'm on the front page of the Daily News, the New York Post. Put this guy oh, in the debtor's, uh, oh, debtor's prison. Yeah, there you go. Well, I must say that uh, you said a lot of things this morning, all of which were very entertaining. Oh, by entertaining the way, one, one, other, thing. Were one other Your of love of the hip-hop monsters, <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Uh, 1980, Curtis Blow. These are the breaks. He was number yes, one, right? Yes, yes. I threw aren't, you, aren't you named after Curtis Blow? No, I no. threw him out of the Guardian Angel headquarters on West Fordham Road and University Avenue. I said, what do you think, I'm a schmuck because I'm a white boy? Why did he call you Curtis Blow? Why do you have that Coke spoon around your neck? Oh. He said, oh, but I'm going to help you, Guardian Angels. I said, help? I'm going to help you down the stairs. And I kicked his ass, and the guys were going, that's Curtis Blow. These are the brakes. What do you think? Because I'm white, I'm stupid. Wait, is that a true story? Yes, it is. Curtis Sliwa kicked Curtis Blow's ass? Yeah, and now he's claiming he's a reverend, like they all claim. Yeah. You know, oh, I found God. Yeah, he found God in lines of cocaine. <laughs> like your friend Flavor Flav, $2,600 a day on crack. Well, Hopefully he didn't pass the pipe to you, did he, uh, Sid, when you met him? No, not that. No, I'm retired. I'm not sure he is yet, but I am. <laughs> hey, that was a great appearance, really. Thank you so much. That was great, folks. How come I'm not in Gemini Lounge? I knew all these shot throughs, all these gabons. <laughs> Noon to one every weekday afternoon, all weekend long, and Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.05 right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. He is the genius. 
That is Curtis Sliwa. Thank you, Curtis. That was great. Curtis Sliwa, folks. Lots more to do this morning, including this hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message and the great Mike Francesa. Coming up next hour, very, very busy hour, including Joseph Tacopina. And we'll talk to Danny A. and Frank Catania in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Liz Pipko is here. It's an epic body edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, the contrast this week between President Biden and Governor Huckabee Sanders is something patriotic Americans, meaning those who actually care about their country, should study. Both gave political speeches to the nation, but there was no common ground at all. Mr. Biden believes his economic stewardship is benefiting the folks. The governor does not believe that, polling sides with the lady from Arkansas. But that doesn't seem to matter much to the president, who showed absolutely no empathy for those struggling to pay the bills in this time of damaging inflation. Mr. Biden blames inflation on President Trump, even though the rate was a minuscule 1.4 percent when Trump left office in 2021. Since then, inflation has brutalized the poor and middle classes in the USA. Governor Huckabee Sanders believes Joe Biden is being held captive by the far left. And there is ample evidence that is true. The president says he is a capitalist, but then demands a, quote, living wage for workers, a phrase right out of the Marxist handbook. And who would decide that living wage? Why, the government would. That's socialism and would absolutely wreck small business and badly damage many corporations. Layoffs would be substantial. No matter, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren demand it, so Mr. Biden complies. Captives have to comply, don't they? That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. When you have a weak American democracy, a weak leadership in the White House, it reverberates all the way across the world, and you see the rise of Russia, the rise of China, and all the bad guys don't have anyone to push back on them. Jason Miller, who's about to take over the Trump team for the third time. He did it in 2016 and again in 2020. Now, this song from the great movie Ice Castles happens to be the first dance for John and Margot Katsimatidis at their wedding. But my co-host today, Elizabeth Pipko, great Trump supporter, 
really a, a terrific ambassador for the Jewish people. And as we speak, is hoping to get the Holocaust curriculum in every school across the country, which is great. Thank you for that. Turns out I didn't know this, but you were also an ice skater. And, of course, this movie Ice Castles is the classic Robbie Benson, where that song came from. And on your way to the Olympics, is that right? Um, I was training very, very heavily for the hopefully Olympics, yes, when I was younger. What um, year was this? Um, I wanted to go to the 2014 Olympics. And actually, where, where was that? In a, it wasn't China. Uh, Sochi, Russia. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I was actually in talks with the Israeli team, and um, that's when I destroyed my ankle. was actually told by multiple doctors I'd never walk again. Um, but oh. I'm back on the ice today. So While was skating, wrong. you did that? It was like off-ice training. We were jumping. The floor was wet. I landed on the side of my ankle. Oh my I tore God. three ligaments, two tendons. <gasps> my Achilles snapped in no. half and broke every bone. Oh, my, my God. Wow, it was geez. atrocious. Did you yeah. cry? I cried when I realized my life was over. <laughs> the Stupid pain question. was the least of it. No, your life wasn't over. Thank God. So, so, But you're back skating now in uh, Lake Worth, Florida. I'm trying. Which is a yes. horrible place. Horrible place. <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, you got Boca, you got Palm Beach. Even Boynton is better than Lake Worth. Um, so are you, uh, you're still young enough to, well, maybe not young enough to go back to the Olympics and stuff like that. or That's over, I guess. In skating, he's 14, no. 15 is like peak age. But hey, miracles can happen. Miracles. We'll see. Uh, Al Michael said that. I heard that once before. Right, Lewis? After we beat the Russians? That's my favorite movie in the world, yeah. Miracle so, on Ice? Miracle on Herb Ice. Herb Brooks? I think I watch that speech once a week, at least. Really? Really. That would be uh, Kurt Russell playing Herb Brooks in yep. that movie. Do you have a favorite? Uh, see, I actually enjoy, believe it or not, and my wife does too, I love the figure skating. I can't stand the Olympics. It bores the hell out of me. I can't stand the Summer Olympics because I can play basketball, I can swim. <laughs> but the Winter Olympics, right. I like because I can't do that stuff. So, like, when Eddie the Eagle... Tries yes. to, you know, and he, like you, broke every bone in his body. Yes, I love that was Eddie. amazing television, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the same year when Eddie the Eagle got hurt that Brian Boitano arrived on the scene and won uh, Katerina Witt. And I love both of those folks. Who's your favorite uh, of all time? Um, his name is, is Yevgeny Plushenko. He's a Russian figure skater. Oh, my God. You, 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 you are part of this whole Russian collusion thing. I am very much not. But um, <laughs> I love him to death. He's the reason I started skating. He called me on my 16th birthday while I was in my cast crying hysterically. It was the greatest gift wow. ever. Wow. But I also love, and I'm going to get hate for this, I love Tanya Harding quite a bit. And I always would. Why do you love her? I'm curious. Um, I think she was one of the greatest of all time. I think she was greatest one of the most watch. powerful of all trash. time. She was white trash. She nearly killed Nancy Kerrigan. I do not believe that story, A. And B, really? as a figure skater, the things that she could do, I have never seen a female body since then be able to do that, okay. minus these 15-year-old girls, which don't count. Now yeah. Well, you don't like Apollo Ono? or, or uh... It's speed skating. That's different. Oh, different thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. So uh, you and I had a conversation a couple of days ago because my, my real good friend, Joseph Takapina, 42 years, 43 years now, he'll join us at 840, famed defense attorney, recently hired by Donald Trump. It's been everywhere, TMZ, the whole thing. Yep. And he had dinner with Donald and Eric and Steve Chong and the rest of these guys. And um, he said, hey, Sid, number one in New York. Oh, I know Sid. He's fantastic. He's terrific. He's great. He wants to put you on the show. Done. Get it done, Steve. Get it done. That was like six weeks ago. You know this already. It never got done. Thank God for you. We've had Larry Trump on the show twice. And I think you and I both agree, outside of Donald, she may be the greatest Trump. Hands down, yeah. Hands down. Yes. She's not even a Trump, really. She married Eric. Right. right. They're very lucky that she became a Trump. Let's totally just say agree. That. Yeah. She should be the voice on the face of the whole campaign. Agreed. But now Jason Miller is back, and he was there twice before, and you thought that was going to be the case, so you must be happy about that. Yeah, I think he's very, very good at what he does. I know him well. I was on 2016 with him, and I mean, I saw it coming. We all thought he wouldn't stay away. I think 
When they left the White House in 20, uh, he had tweeted, see you in 2025, a picture of the White House. Oh, wow. I know he can't stay away. He loves Donald Trump. And yeah. I think the team will be a lot stronger. What was your him. role with him in 2016 on the Trump campaign? I managed the entire volunteer operation across the country and the phone banking systems. Like all the volunteers that were calling from home, all the call centers across America, right. I managed all of those. And your husband still does stuff with uh, the, oh, no, he doesn't. the president. Yes or no? Your husband does. Yes. He yes, does. He okay. Does. So you're still part of this uh, this effort to get Donald Trump back in the White House. How do you think it's going so far? Hey, there's there's always challenges, um, but I think if anyone is set up for this entire situation, it's Donald Trump. When Lara was on a couple of days ago, I went to that place and I was scared to death. I, I texted you after that yep. she was going to be angry with me because I said, "Listen, I want your father-in-law to win, and there's a way to handle Ron DeSantis. Just say being the governor of Florida is a great governor, but don't ever conflate." being the governor of one state with running the whole country. I've proven I can do that. Ron's a great governor. He hasn't proven any of that. Just say that. All these personal attacks, I think it makes him look, A, scared, which is not a good thing for Trump, and B, cheap. But I told Lara that. And she said she wasn't angry. I don't think she gets angry. She's nice. Oh, now you said I don't think. You said the other day you were sure. she's never gotten angry in my presence. No, I think she's great. (laughs) She's also been through this, you know, hellhole for the last God knows how many years now. You're... You asking her about Ron DeSantis is the least of her worries, so I it promise okay. she's fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I completely agree. I think Trump is Trump, and Trump will always be Trump. Right. I don't think he's scared of anything, just because Ron DeSantis is nothing compared to what the Democrats and everyone else. Yeah, but if you keep talking about the guy, you're acting. I mean, he may not be scared, but he's acting scared. Like, why would he care if Nikki Haley runs? I don't think he cares about Nikki Haley at all. But but he brought it up a couple of days ago on Truth Social. I think because she told him and the whole country that she would not be running. Right. If he right. ran, and right. then changed yeah. her mind, and he likes to. Point things out so people right. know how disloyal right. people are and how people lie to the American people. So uh, the big three states are coming up in less than a year. He'll be in Iowa. He'll be in South Carolina. So what does he do now the next couple of months to, uh, I guess, rallies and stuff? And rallies. Just get people excited. There's no man on earth that gets people excited like he did. Yeah. Um, I think him, Barack Obama, like that's like an old thing that is just never going to happen again, I don't think, in my lifetime. Just people coming out in those, you know, those amounts. Like no one could fill an arena like Barack Obama. I think Bernie Sanders had a chance. Or Donald Trump. That's right. just an amazing you, thing to witness. You don't think uh, Pete Buttigieg can get... Uh... I do not. I also don't think Ron DeSantis <laughs> can get anyone in arena. No, you're so right. You're right about that. It's just that. never going to happen again. Right. So I look forward to watching people. Excited Although, for... he's my guy. Don't forget, the Daily News says it right here. It's Sid Roseberg, <laughs> yes. big Trump guy. Uh, yes. The last one in South Carolina two weeks ago, not big in attendance. Only about 400 people. I think it was supposed to be small for whatever Is that what reason. It was? Yeah, okay. it was a small thing. All right, good. Making me feel better. He's going to be fine. The uh, half of the legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination. Chris Mad Dog Russo's on the show all the time. We love him. His uh, partner, Mike Brancessa, is on less. Hard to get Big Mike these days, but we got him. Mike Brancessa talking Super Bowl is coming up next. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Tom, ba- Tom Brady made himself great. He wasn't great. He wasn't great in college. He lost his job, which is what fueled him his whole life. He's the most competitive person anybody's ever met. And he worked harder than anybody ever to be this good. He made himself this good. He didn't, he didn't start out that way. He was drafted late. He had a terrible body. He took him time to do it. Now, I'm going to throw a little, you know, oil on the uh, ceremony. Okay. He's not the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Peyton Manning was. What? He's not the best Super Bowl quarterback who ever lived. Joe Montana is. What he is, though, mm. is the guy who played the longest and he won the most games. 
He won the most Super Bowls, so he will be remembered because nobody's going to play 23 years, and nobody's probably ever going to have a chance to win that many Super Bowls. It's almost impossible to do. He was in the right place with the right coach, and he was that competitive. But so, let me say this. In the Super Bowl, just take the Super Bowl performances, nobody ever has competed on the level Joe Montana competed on, not even close. And in the regular season, I watch every game in the regular season. The best down-to-down, Sunday-to-Sunday quarterback I've ever seen regular season was Peyton Manning. I found that to be fascinating TV. I really did. The Mike and the Mad Dog reunion with Stephen A. Smith at ESPN. And, of course, you know who Mike is. So we'll take a break from the discussion so far today, which has been centering around this Daily News column, pointing out the friendship between me and the mayor, how a pro-Trump radio host could be friends with a Democrat mayor. We'll get back to that. And um, also all the uh, the Trump news. And we'll get to the sports. Uh, Mike and the Mad Dog, legendary, the greatest sports talk combination ever. Both guys are super guys. are on this show all the time. I love them both. Chris Russo and Mike Brancessa. Here he is, half of that great combination. Mike Brancessa. Mike, good morning, buddy. How are you? Sid, what's going on? Good to have you. Thank you for, uh, for doing this. I, I know it's a, a hugely busy week for you, so thank you so much. So it's funny. Uh, when you made those comments, there were two schools, Mike. One school was, I got to tell you, Mike's right. The other school was, sometimes, because there's two weeks before the game, sports guys, and the really good ones, the great ones like you, need to find a way to kind of not disagree but make the conversation more interesting Clearly, Mike was doing that because Brady's just the best. You know those are the two schools of thought that went into you know, detailing your conversation on ESPN. I've had this thought about Brady for years. Um, but let me say, where Brady went is where very few athletes ever go. Um, he became synonymous with winning in his sport. That doesn't happen. Uh, Bill Russell did it, but it was overlooked because America wasn't ready for Bill Russell. Boston was never ready for Bill Russell. Right. Um, Michael Jordan did it in individual sports. Jack Nicholas did it. Tiger Woods did it. But when you become synonymous with winning, when you become synonymous with success in your sport, you have reached the ultimate level. There's no level above that. That's where Tom Brady is. So although Tom Brady was not a great athlete, uh, he was a made quarterback uh, with hard work and diligence and and and, and perspiration and, and time and effort and everything else. He one I know the doctor who did the physicals and he told me he was the worst bodied quarterback he had ever examined when he came through the the draft. So he had a lot of work to do and he did and he put in incredible amounts of time and effort and he was fueled by the fact that he had lost his job at Michigan. It bothered him every day. He was that competitive, ultra, hyper competitive. And he won. He was in the big game more than anybody else. He won it more than anybody else. And that's how he'll be remembered. So there's nothing to be taken away from him. Plus, he played it in 23 years, which is insane. I mean, a great career is 14, 15 years. This guy played 23 seasons. So the odds on somebody doing that again are very, very small. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have no problem with looking at Brady that way. But when I take it apart, I always separate it. And I look at the regular season, and I say this all the time, Manning won five MVPs. He was the best regular season player I saw. And Montana in the Super Bowl, forget it. He was perfect. He wasn't good. He was perfect. 
So uh, no one played better. I mean, the quarterback rating, Tom Brady's quarterback rating is 30 points below Montana's in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not even discussable. But the bottom line is, when you put it all together, no one's going to have a career that distinguishes itself like Tom's did. Right. I mean, I could make the argument, Mike, that, uh, yeah, listen, uh, outside of that one year when he had Moss and Welker, for example, Tom Brady won Super Bowls but guys like David Patton. Troy Brown. He didn't have Jerry Rice. Now, I know that the first Super Bowl Montana won when he beat Forrest Gregg and Ken Anderson. He had, you know, Dwight Clark and Freddie Solomon and Earl Ring and Cooper and those guys. But after that, Rice, Taylor, Roger Craig, Brady never had that. So I can make the argument that Brady won a heck of a lot more with a lot less talent on offense than Joe Montana and still won. 70% 70% of his Super Bowls. But you don't win Super Bowls just with one player. You win Super Bowls on defense. The Pats won Super Bowls. The first Super Bowl they won, Tom Brady did nothing until true. there were 39 seconds left in the game. He That's did true. nothing. Right. Okay? The bottom line is they have games like that. Okay? Terry Bradshaw had games like that. The guys have games like that. Now, Montana didn't have a game like that because the system was such that he was the engineer of the system. And he was going to have a great game in every game they played. And most of the games weren't even close. Uh, that's the difference. All the Pat games were close. The Pats won every Super Bowl close. The, the biggest blow Tom ever played in was the one he played in Tampa. I mean, the, the, he, right. he, every game else. Plus, there were two Super Bowls. Now, you could say he could have won either one of the Giant games. Absolutely. With, with a bounce of a ball, he could have won either one of the Giant games. But he also got gifted the Seattle game, and he got gifted the Atlanta game. Yep. So, I mean, yep. the bottom line is that happens in life. It doesn't matter. He won the ones he won. He lost the ones he lost. The record for wins, the all-time numbers, and the ability to win tight games face of success in the league. And that's what he is. And that's why he stands in a very special place. When you think about him, now the guy he replaces – who stood for success on the field in the NFL before him was Bart Starr. That's the guy. He never lost. Bart Starr lost his first playoff game. He never lost another one. He lost in Philadelphia, then he won nine in a row in five championships. That was the symbol of success. Tom Brady is that symbol of success. And Bart Starr wasn't the best player, but he was great in the big game. I'll tell you what, even before Bart Starr, I mean, because Bart Starr did lose every now and then. The guy that never lost, I mean, never lost, was Otto Graham. Otto Graham, if you want to go back that far, absolutely. Never lost. So one more, then we'll get to the game on Sunday, Mike, and that is, are you uncomfortable uh, comparing players at different positions? For example, I've heard people tell me the best football player ever, Jim Brown. Some have said Lawrence Taylor. Now some are saying the best football player ever, Tom Brady. I know quarterback is not player. Are you uncomfortable comparing positions as the best player? If you ask me who the best football player was of all time, and I've been asked to rank the top 100 players and stuff like that, the best player, I think, in the history of the league was Jim Brown. Uh, He was better at his position by such a margin than any other player. Oh, Jim I Brown disagree there. Out. I disagree there. You you think he was he was so much better than guys like so Simpson, Dor- Jerry Rice, else. Jerry Rice, ridiculous. Jerry Rice, his the career was on a different level. And to me, when I vote top hundred, I always voted this way. I always voted Brown one, Taylor two, Montana three. Because uh, really? I thought uh, LT 
completely changed the way defense was was played. He completely revitalized and changed the entire league into a pass rush league. And uh, there's never been a player who stood out of his position more than he did. Um, he was that special. I, I don't think people. He was freakishly good, freakishly good, and did it differently than anyone else because he didn't. He didn't practice real hard and he didn't lift weights and he was just a natural athlete and another incredibly competitive and smart player. He didn't get credit for the, being the brilliant instinctive player that he was, but I think he's that good. But I, I listen, putting Brady wherever you want, I have no problem with it. No, I, mean, I don't have the Brady guy, there. The, guy did, the idea is to win the games and no, he won the games. No, I don't have Brady there. I, where I disagree is like Lawrence Taylor, my favorite guy, by the way. You know, you'll have people say, yeah, what about Nitschke? What about Buckus? With, with, with Brady, you could argue Montana, Johnny Unitas. With uh, Brown, you can argue Simpson. But the one position, Mike, where you can't argue, the biggest distance between one and two is Jerry Rice, wide receiver. Who's number two? Randy yeah, I think it's Jim Brown, myself. I think okay. it was Jim Brown. I think Jim Brown was that much better than everybody else. He was okay. bigger, stronger, tougher. He was just better than everybody else. And, and you're talking about a guy who was the greatest cross player of all time, uh, who held the Long Kelly. Island scoring record. Why was that story? Basketball. Who, 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 he, he also uh, held the Long Island scoring record in basketball for like 30 years. I mean, the guy was maybe the greatest athlete ever produced in this country. Jim Thorpe, Jim Brown. I mean, one of those two, probably the greatest athlete ever produced in this country. Well, that's true. He did do all those things as well. Mike Francesa, the great Mike Francesa, joining me two days before Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs and the Eagles. All right, Mike, this is it. You got Pat Mahomes, who just won another MVP and clearly now has become, I think, this generation's quarterback. No question. Right up against a guy that had an, really an MVP season. And the team that's been the best team, Mike, outside of a two-week injury hiccup from week one in the Philadelphia Eagles, what do you see on Sunday? Um, the Eagles are a better team. Uh, they obviously have Mahomes, who's the best quarterback. Uh, they also have a very good coach in Andy Reid. I'm not taking anything away from the Eagle coach. Uh, he's young. We'll see. He's still developing. Um, but the fear I have in this game, and I'm rooting for Kansas City. I like Andy Reid. I've known him a long time. He's a friend. I want him to win this second Super Bowl because I think this cements him as one of the great coaches of all time. He's already number five in wins. He's already second in postseason wins. He's won 100 games with two different teams. He's taken two different franchises to four straight conference title games. I mean, remarkable stuff. Mm-hmm. But he needs a second Super Bowl. I'd love to see him get it. It also cements Mahomes if he gets it. And you never know when you're going back. You can say you're going back ten times. You don't know. I mean, Dan Marino went in the second year and never went back. Well, I mean, you, so you, you never want, know Do you want the story with that? I'll, I'll give you the story with Dan Marino. It's a great story. They lose to San Francisco, Mike. Yep. They're in a limo after the game. It's Dan, Jimmy Cephalo, Nat Moore, and one more Dolphin player. And Dan gets in the car and he goes, guys, why do you look so down? And they go, Dan, we just lost the Super Bowl. And Marino's next comment to your point was, what are you worried about? We'll get back. Yeah, never did. <laughs> nope. Oh. Never did. And, you know, with Don Shula, uh, didn't win a playoff game on the road in like for 20 years. I mean, the bottom line is they, they, they it's remarkable they didn't get back, but they didn't get back. It's very hard to get back. It's very hard to be good enough to win. And you have to be lucky because the ball has to bounce right. And look at this game. Look at the end of the Cincinnati-Kansas City game. I mean, that game could have gone either way. I mean, we all know that. I mean, that's what happens in these games. Call. Officials call. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, but back to the game. I'm rooting for Kansas City. I, I, I really favor Andy Reid, and I'm going to root for them. But I think Philly's going to win. And the reason why is, to me, the biggest factor in the Super Bowl 
that changes Super Bowls is pass rush. And I think the Eagle pass rush isn't good. I think it is devastating. I think it is overpowering. I think it is historic. And if it does what I think it will do, and the only thing they can do is combat it with the short pass, which they're very good at. They are very good at it. You know, uh, Mahomes had 41 regular season touchdown passes, 28 to tight ends and running backs. I mean, so this year he didn't throw the ball to the wide receivers. He threw the ball to the backs and to the tight ends all the time. He's going to dump the ball off quickly a lot because of this pass rush. If he can't combat this pass rush, though, he's dead. That's what Mm -hmm. beat him in the last Super Bowl. It'll beat him in this Super Bowl. Plus, the Eagles run the ball inside tremendously well. They are a very good team in two areas. They run the ball great between the tackles, and they are a great pass rush team. And the quarterback's good. They've got good wide receivers. They're good everywhere. They're good everywhere. They are a very strong roster. Incredibly strong. The, the, the guys who built that team deserve a lot of credit. They built a tremendous team. I think it's going to be a close game. If the Eagles are if the Eagles aren't winning in the fourth quarter, I think, it, or they're tied in the fourth quarter, I think Kansas City will beat them. If not, I think the game is owned by the can by the eagle pass rush i think that's the biggest factor in the game and i think the eagles win by a touchdown like 27 20 20 30 23 something like that but i think the eagles win i'm rooting for kansas city but i think the eagles are going to win by a touchdown not me too all right 60 seconds i can't let you go yet mike local story in terms of amassing talent have you seen many cases more disappointing than what the brooklyn nets did four years ago and how it ended up. Listen, they got what they deserved. You can't buy a championship. You have to put more effort into it than that. The idea that you can just give in and let the... First of all, I'm vehemently opposed to the players running the, the teams, and they were running that team. Uh, and finally, the owner said, enough. The only, the only satisfaction that Joe Sy got out of the whole thing was that he didn't let Irving go play with LeBron, and that's what he wanted, and he made sure he didn't go there. He said, trade him anywhere, but not to the Lakers. The bottom line is that's, the only, that's all he got out of this. Okay, Now, he got back a couple of decent players now, but the bottom line is, and how about this? How about if you were someone who bought season tickets because you had Durant and Irving, and Oof. now they're gone? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You get, do you get to refund your money? Ah, I mean, good. the bottom line is now you got a mediocre team. I'm yep. not saying they don't have some decent players. I'm not saying Bridges isn't a good player. He's a good player. I'm not saying Cam Johnson isn't a good player. He's a good player. But they're not stars, and they just traded stars. And, but I wouldn't have given you 10 cents for Irving. I wouldn't have him on my team for free. Okay. <laughs> and, and Durant has a lot. To, he's a great player, but he's got to do a lot to polish his image because he's let it really, uh, uh, really fall apart here. He's got a lot to do. Now, maybe he'll do it this year with that team because uh, Phoenix could definitely win a championship this year. It's a weak NBA and and they definitely are going to have a solid goal scorer on the floor for all 48 minutes in a playoff game, which is something most teams don't have. So they have a good chance to win a championship. But I hate the way it was done. It was very distasteful and I think the ownership got what it deserved. I got to tell you, Mike, what a great conversation. I can't thank you enough for coming on right before the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, all these, all, everything you, d- you discussed today was just, just terrific. So, Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you Thanks. so Take much. Care. Thank uh, you, Mike. I hope things are going well. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. I know uh, everybody misses Bernie. Can't, still can't believe he's gone, but, know. Uh, you know, uh, be well. Well, 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 let me give you this. Well. Before you hang off talking about Bernard, now that you uh, did this, Mike, thank you. Perfect transition. Just yesterday, our late dear friend Bernard became a grandfather. 
He wow, had, is he, that true? That wow, is true. His son that, Brendan. That, so you yeah. know what? He lives on. That's what it yes. comes down to. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, Mike, I love you, man. Thank you, Take pal. Care, bye. Thank you. Uh, that is uh, Mike. Just brought it up. I'll give it to you. I was going to wait till eight o'clock. I'll give it to you now. My late dear friend Bernard, my great partner Bernard. I got a beautiful text from his beautiful wife Carol late yesterday. Bernie's son Brendan and his wife. She gave birth to Colin Bernard McGurk, middle name Bernie. So Bernard. Up in heaven, has a grandson. I'll be back after this. You talk. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Francesa basically had me let the cat out of the bag. And I think, Chad, you know this too, or the great Chad Lopez. Chad, you listening? Make sure Chad is listening and Matt Meany. You got the text from Kyle McGurk last night that um, Bernie's now a grandfather. We got, yes, we did. You got yes, that, Chad? Did. So happy. Yes. You guys did such a great job when he passed away. Um, you really did. What you did for his family, and it was really beautiful, so... Yeah. Thank you for that. You, you, you know, it's, it's, I'm sorry, Sid. You know, you know, uh, it's, it's beautiful, kid. He's got the little, uh, little uh, you know, the dimple, kid, yeah, like yeah, Bernie. yeah. So cute. And, and, and the, the kid's middle name is actually yeah, Bernie. Yeah, she's, she's so happy, and Bernie's happy. So awesome. Thank you, so. thank you, Chad. That's uh, the great boss, Chad Lopez, who I uh, can't say enough nice things about him. The kid's a genius. Uh, Colin Bernard was born yesterday, nine pounds. It's a boy, so Bernard is now a grandfather, which is uh, very, very nice. Laura Curran just sent me a text. She saw the Daily News article about me and the mayor. She's like, come on. Bernie Carrick just sent me a text. I mean, everybody's seeing this. It's on page two of the New York Daily News. It's a big deal. Far-right Trump fan, that's me, and the mayor getting chummy. And the online version has pictures of me and the mayor having dinner again on Wednesday night. The mayor and my son, Gabriel. The mayor has dyslexia. My son has dyspraxia. They become somewhat friendly. And uh, there are some Democrats around town that are angry that the mayor and I are friends because I am on record saying I'm a Trump supporter, and I am. And I'm not taking that back. I want Donald Trump to win in 2024. I want to help him, actually. I love Donald Trump, but I love Eric Adams, 
One, one's a Democrat, one's a Republican. I don't care. And all Eric Adams and Sid Rosenberg care about is fixing this city. And he is willing to listen to me. We go for dinner. We discuss a variety of topics, our children, sports, even reality television. But we do talk about the city. And he does ask me what I think about certain things. He says to me, Sid, what are your listeners saying about this? And he's gone to Albany, and I know some of you, it's not good enough for you. Whatever, stop. He's gone to Albany to argue on our behalf, bail reform. He's even brought up the issue with prosecuting folks with illegal guns on a federal level, which Bo Deedle brings up. He's done that, too. He's done a lot of the things that you guys want him to do. Now, he has not gotten it all done yet because the legislature and those groups have become more powerful over the years. They just have. And they're making his life miserable. But believe me when I tell you, he wants the same thing we all want, which is a safe and prosperous New York City, whether it's for his son or my two beautiful kids, Ava and Gabriel. We both want the same thing. Are you having uh, kids at some point, Liz? At some point, yes. Aren't you married like a long time now? Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to not be skinny. I know it sounds horrible, but oh my I, just, God. I can't even consider How it right shallow now. is that? I am a bad person. You're a bad person. There's, there's no yeah. denying. I'm a bad yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. Well, how old are you now? 27. So what age is it okay to be... Uh, heavier i guess so okay first of all it's okay at any age it yeah. just might not be okay for certain individuals Well, because you're a model so you have to worry right, about that exactly so. i've been told for like since i was 15 to lose weight and be skinny oh, and whatnot so maybe it just stuck with me a little too much that's horrible <laughs> now you were uh, recently on the cover was it glamour one of those uh no no uh, uh grazia was inside no, but what about, about what, what, harper's oh harper's, harper's bazaar, bazaar yes. yeah that was a great cover thank you so so you've been told now for like 12 years eat less stay skinny and if you don't do that, you're not going to get gigs and all that stuff, right? And I think between the modeling and, like, growing up a figure skater, it was just, like, do not eat ever. Do not gain a pound ever. Like, I was measured, whether by a coach or a ballet teacher or, like, my modeling agent, probably yeah. once a week. See, that's uh, a lot of the young, like my daughter, for example, Ava, she would yell at you right now. That's not healthy. It's not <laughs> no, good. No, it's totally the not. The young healthy. girl's psyches. Yeah. It's not right. But here's the other side of that. And this is the truth. There is no question, even though females have a lot more opportunity. It's about time, right? My wife is smarter than me. She's tougher than me. I admit that. I admit that. But there's no question that if you're a good-looking lady, Mm -hmm. that that's going to help you. And there's also no question that good-looking ladies know that. So they play it off like, oh, it's not about that. I can challenge you on this. You're going to challenge me. I could not lie, but I'll show you some conversations where I lost lots of opportunities because people said to me, Hey, like, sleep with me and I'll give you this job or whatever it is, which I'm sure lots of women face. Right. But for some reason, when I walk into a room, people really think that that's what's going to happen. And really? So even, lost, even now in the Me Too era? Even like, now? Like last week. Last week? I can't week? tell you how many opportunities I've lost because, because you won't of sleep being with somebody. a woman. Yes. Well, not just being a woman, but they actually they want you to sleep with them. Right, right? because I'm on a magazine, so I clearly sleep with everyone. Yeah, but what is it? See, I never, like, if you were a porn star, for example, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, that's easy. Yeah. Why would a, a model, why is that type of a tag? I don't know if it's because I'm a model or it's like you see yeah. an attractive woman, so you just right. naturally go to that yeah. headspace, and until she yeah. sleeps with you, you don't give her anything. Wow. I right. didn't know that. I thought we were kind of past all that we nonsense. Are not. I think I'm literally in graduate school right now because I'm trying to prove that I am more than... Whatever the hell people think I look like. So would, would you consider then getting out of the modeling industry because of, was it in that, in that business or totally no, separate No, it's business? totally separate. I mean, modeling right. is sick too, but I think it's 
literally, at least in modeling, I know what I look like. I know why I'm there. Right. When it's for like a totally unrelated opportunity, it's just ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's very disheartening, I must say. So, because my, like, my daughter Ava is, she fights against stuff like that. Good, good. But, I try to as well. Okay. Yeah. But but you're a model, so even yes. though you fight against it, you're kind of in it, right? You're kind of in it. So, like, you'll succumb to what these people want you to do, whether it's not eat. They want me to do much worse things. Let me tell you. Is that than right? The modeling. It's almost like I'm I'm fighting them by modeling because people should know that I will wear what I want. And model in what I want and for what I want when I want to, but I will not do what they would like me to do. So it's almost my way of fighting this. My wife is uh, texting me about a friend of hers uh-huh. that um, went through the same thing. And she was about 114 pounds, and they kept asking to lose 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds. So, so you do not eat? Do you know? Cause I know no, this. no. I no, eat. because I, I ordered breakfast this morning. Yes, I do not eat in the morning. I get sick. I hate it. But I actually, if you ask my husband or anyone else, I eat way too much. But you're not really thin. You're not like wafy thin. Wow, that was that was harsh. No. Um, oh, you want to be wafy no, thin? No, I'm kidding. No, I think I'm healthy. Like I, Yeah, you look healthy. I don't, yeah. think, see, I, I don't think models look healthy. No, I agree. I don't think they're attractive. I, I don't. I mean, I think women should have some curves and some body. Yeah. I, for, uh, a lot of models look like they're eight-year-old boys, to be quite right. frank. I was told we're supposed to look like clothing hangers. Clothing hangers. Yes. Ay, 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 ay. So you intermittently fast throughout the day? I, I really don't do anything. I eat when I'm hungry, and I'm just not hungry before, like, noon, and then I'm hungry I know, all that, day, that, all that, night. That, that is not true. You're hungry before noon. I promise I'm not. You're I get human. sick. I don't like more. I'm not a morning person. So your first meal today will come at noon. What are you going to eat? Probably pizza because I've missed New York pizza. But pizza's bad for you. I only eat things that are bad for but, me. Really? Like my diet is sushi, which you could say is okay. Sushi's very good for it's you. It's okay. And yeah. then mac well, and what, cheese. What about the pizza. rice? If you just get the uh, without the rice, then the it's rice. not sushi. Right. You're right yeah, about that. Yeah. Then it's gross. No, just sushi, pizza, mac and cheese. None of this, ma- you know, none of this makes any sense. Right. So you don't eat. I don't. Because eat. you can't gain weight, but when you eat, you eat like the worst things for you. The yes. worst things for you. Yes. <laughs> I'm not the brightest, let but me tell if, you. <laughs> not the brightest. But you are. You're exceptionally bright. Donald Thank Trump you. loves you for a reason. That's, that's Trump true. Trump loves you for a reason. I eat when I'm hungry and I eat what I want. That's the same How old do you it. want to be when you get out of this business? The modeling business? 30, uh, I'd say a year or two. I mean, is, do, me, do, do models still make money? You still make money? Is it more about the exposure? I think it's the, more the exposure right. and like the opportunities. There's right. small jobs that you know, you'll get money for, but you don't see yourself on a magazine making money. That never happens. Right. So do you, do you consider yourself right now, Liz? And mm-hmm. I listen, again, Kimberly Gilboyle loves you. I know that because she started following me at 2 o'clock in the morning because you're coming on the show. <laughs> Lara loves you. Donald Trump loves you. So you've got a real foot in the political world, like a real foot. You're humble about it. You, you know, you don't like to talk about it often, but you really have that. And you've got this great education program with the Holocaust. And for years, you talked to the Jewish people about other issues uh, inside the, the Jewish religion. So what do you consider yourself right now more than anything else? Still a model one? Activist one? I, I honestly have no idea. I, I People ask me all the time. I would just say I'm Elizabeth Pipko, and it comes with a lot of... A lot of baggage attached, most of which I think is good, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's just too much that no one ever does at the same time. So I'd say I'm carving my own weird path. I, I uh, had a producer in Florida who I'm still very, very close with. And my show in Florida, which was called The Sid Rosenberg Show, mm-hmm. was so good that it actually got me the opportunity here. Chad Lopez, Craig Schwab, they heard some tapes. They go, that guy's good. And I know, Sid, <laughs> bring him back. So my producer was a guy named Steve Zemak. Mm-hmm. Just had his second child. Not him, his wife, obviously, unless it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So he, uh, he lives in Boca. And one day he saw you on the show. He goes, that's Liz Pipko. And I had met you once at the Queen's Republican dinner. I didn't know much about you. I go, how do you know that? (laughs) He's like, Sid, 
she's in Boca. She's a model. She's huge. I'm like, she is? <laughs> and to this day, he's still a, a huge fan of yours. That's awesome. Maybe we'll get know, a show Steve? going in Florida. I yeah. feel like we've talked, but I don't know him very well. You know him very well. Okay. Okay. So you're a big, you're, you're a biggest star in Boca or in New York City? I would hope New York City. New York City <laughs> no offense okay. to Boca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can move to West Palm Beach anyway. So uh, Joe Biden. Yes. You deal with Trump a lot. Trump is uh, pretty critical of Biden. So am I. Uh, in my opinion, the worst president in my lifetime. I thought Jimmy Carter would own that to the day I died. Congratulations, Joe Biden. He's now achieved that status. And uh, I know that uh, Lou and the boys back there are actually isolating another great Joe Biden piece from yesterday. But your your opinion, is he the worst president in your 27 years? I guess it's not even close. I mean, I haven't seen much. I think I was born when Bill Clinton was in. So what do you I- think of Bill Clinton? I like him a lot. So do I. People are not going to like this. I love. No, Bill I like Clinton. him too. I love. I even. I, don't I, like even, his res- wife. I even respect Hillary. I know no, they're going to kick me no, off no. the show right He's now. He's a horrible person. I think. No. no, no, I'm sure they're all horrible. First of all, yeah. anyone in politics is a horrible person. Is That's- that right? Even Donald Trump. He's your friend. I'd say he's the only person that can take on the horribleness of politics right. because he knew them also. I'd say most billionaires are horrible, too. Really? So he probably knows his way around. Don't forget, the guy that owns his station's a billionaire, so be careful. I said most. 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 <laughs> he knows. You but know John Katz with TDC. Yes. He's a great guy. So Donald Trump is the only politician who's not a horrible person. John Katz with TDC is the only billionaire that's not a horrible person. Otherwise, they're all horrible One people. of very few, yeah. 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 But yeah. I, I, I think Bill Clinton is brilliant. I truly do. But he's a horrible person. I love him. I love Bill I think Bill they're Clinton. all pretty horrible i don't think no, you can he's, he's pretty horrible yeah i don't think you can survive in that that's the thing with trump he's only been there such a short time i don't yeah. think you can survive bill i'm talking about and again i like him yeah. i like him a lot i think he's one of the great presidents like i, I agree when i'm in his company and i've been a couple of times i like the guy but jeffrey epstein and monica Lewinsky, no no of course, they're all again that's nasty not, one, oh, why don't reagan didn't do that stuff first of all we don't know anything i don't know <laughs> I, I think they're all pretty bad yeah if you're in politics for over i'd say five to ten years that's me being nice you've done something bad really uh-huh Hundred percent. Not Debbie Watson and Schultz. Oh, never. No. <laughs> never. Is she the worst politician ever? Uh, she was sure she has she's some competition. Why does she keep winning in Fort Lauderdale? I don't get it. Is she in Fort Lauderdale? I think she's a little lower down, closer to Boca. I think. No, I think she's in. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that would be up. Boca's north of Fort Lauderdale. You're right. You're not that bright. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that bright. I don't know Florida, and I'm proud to not know. Florida. What do you live in Florida? I live in New York. I spend time. In so Florida. you consider yourself a New Yorker? I'm a New Yorker. My till son death. was born in Boca. Okay. He's now lived half his life in New York and Boca. And I say to Gabriel, I go, "Are you a New Yorker or a Floridian?" And he says, "I guess Florida, because I was born there." Right. I say, "Don't ever say that." <laughs> exactly. Just, as great as Ron DeSantis is. And that, as much as we love Florida, and he's no Donald Trump, I get it. <laughs> you have to be a New Yorker. I, Every yes. great person that ever lived. Exactly. Am I right? Hands down. Hands down. Very lucky to be born here. All right. There it is. Liz Pipko is going to stick with us. A lot more to come. 840, famed defense attorney now working for Donald Trump. Joseph Takapina, a friend of mine for 43 years. Coming up at 9.05. I'm so excited about this. He's in town. Big movie screening for Gemini Lounge coming up on Monday night. The writer, creator, director, and star of Gemini Lounge, Danny A., right here in Studio 925. Also live in studio, one of the stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Frank Catania. Plus, we'll play Sid's Cake and Mike Dodino with a Super Bowl winner. All that right here on this epic Friday edition of New York's number one talk show. That's me, that's us. Sid and Friends in the Morning. Talk Radio 77, WABC. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends.
827 on your Friday morning. Been a great, great show. All the guests have been terrific. Mike Francesa, an amazing appearance. Curtis Sliwa, hilarious. I mean, really good, Curtis, today. Really good. And uh, Liz Pipko has been great in studio all morning long. Jenea Butler hit it out of the park. And then we've got a, a, a three consecutive guests. That's a cough. Starting at 8.40, three in a row. Joseph Takapina, famed defense attorney, my friend for 43 years, now working for Donald Trump. Danny A., writer, creator, director, producer, star of Gemini Lounge. And Frank Catania, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Your cousin's listening? He is. Hi, hi, Steve. And Leah, hopefully you're listening. Or actually, no, hopefully you're in school. But... Oh, that's his daughter. Yes. And where does Steve live? <laughs> Uh, Steve lives here, Upper East Side. I'll be seeing him tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. Are you first cousins or? I believe my mom and him are first cousins. Okay. So yes, second. So you're allowed to kiss and hug each other, <laughs> but not like Jill Biden <laughs> and uh, and uh, Kamala's uh, husband. Well, what, what was that exactly? I've never I've never seen. And I'm a very you know touchy feely, kiss everybody, hug everybody. But Danielle always yells at me, stop touching people. I'm like that. I am. But that was. It's a bit much at the, uh, <laughs> don't you think? I'd say I'm glad they're close. So it's nice to see <laughs> a second family and first family working together, yeah. you know? So, so how would you feel if, if your husband was doing that with uh, Jill Biden? He can do whatever he wants with Joe Biden. If it was a supermodel, I might have a problem, but he's welcome to do whatever. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. You don't seem like the very jealous type, though. I'm you? not. You no. don't care, do you? I don't care right. at all. You don't you, like, you travel a lot without him and... All yeah. that type of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, life's too short to yeah. worry about. Like, do you even things. text him when you're here? Or? We've been texting all morning. Oh, yeah. By is, the way. is he listening? No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't care. It's like his one break from my voice right now. I don't yeah. think he wants more of this. Okay, fair enough. Um, when Takapina comes on, yeah. he had never met Trump before. And he was on with me and Bernie. Once again, if you missed it, Bernard became a grandfather yesterday. Congratulations to Brendan and Carol. Little Colin Bernard, nine pounds born yesterday, Bernie's um, his middle name, and he's got that cute little dimple on his chin like my, my man Bernard had. So congratulations to the McGurks. But when uh, Takapina used to join me and Bernie years ago, he didn't like Trump very much. And of course, now, like I was, I didn't like Trump very much either. Now, as you can read in today's Daily News... You're crazy about him. Crazy about Apparently, him. Apparently, yeah. yeah. I told <laughs> Donald Trump Jr., according to this writer, when he was on months ago, that I don't li- like Donald Trump Jr. Uh, I love him. I love him. That's in the article. Uh, about me and uh, the mayor, Eric Adams. So Takapina went to visit Trump, and Trump hired him a couple of weeks ago. And I know you're curious to find out what he thinks about Donald Trump. Now, what do you think he thinks? I have yet to meet someone who spends time with him and then doesn't like him. So I'd say he thinks some good things. And you and I had this discussion before. That's almost the case with every president. Because I every time I've met with Clinton, I loved it. Uh, 41 loved me. 43 I've met a couple of times. He was great. The only pre- even Jimmy Carter I met. The only president I think we'd agree that has none of that is the guy now. Or does he have some of that? Is that unfair? I haven't spent any time with him. He might have a little. I think they all get a little just after being there for right. God knows how many years, forty years. But I, no matter what you think of their politics, I don't think anyone could say like Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, oh, George no. Bush, Donald Trump. I mean, these are some charming, charming men. Right. So it's- yeah. But horrible people, according to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the case with our next guest. He's actually the director in the newsroom. Very charming, very bright, but horrible. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, the great Noam Layden. Good morning, Noam. Good morning, Sydney. How are you? I'm doing great. It's Super yeah. Bowl weekend. Uh, it's all good. Now, now you were... Uh, so, oh, Liz, by the way. Uh, Liz is in the studio also. You should say hello. <laughs> oh, hello, Liz. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, the, the, the men are just... You see? Such, they are. You're right. Men are Pigs. terrible. 
They're right, pigs. Um, so <laughs> speaking from experience. <laughs> so you've been telling me all week long. Friday, I've got this really big thing for you for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think you're really going to like it. So the good news is, here we are. It's Friday. Yeah. So I did this deep dive because. Every year when we have the Super Bowl, you hear about the same things. How many chicken wings we're going to eat sure. and all that stuff. We can I have to stop you right now. Uh, Joe Biden said at the State of the Union about 100 times, right. finish the job. Right. Like you said to your wife about 9 o'clock last <laughs> yeah, night. Right. Uh, I noticed that when, whenever, you, whenever you, when you do these, uh, these uh, little reports, which right. are great, every single one of them, right. you always use these two words every time. Which one? Deep dive. Oh. You love that. I do. Yeah. This was a deep dive. All right. So every year we hear about Super Bowl prostitution, right? That it's a big, what? huge deal. Who hears about this? Yes, that they that when you go to the Super Bowl, oh, they yeah. bring in prostitutes <laughs> from all over the country. Oh, that's a, and, who did tell me this? Yes, right. this yeah, is a go. big deal. Oh, that's another good one. Oh, 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 wow, yeah. look who's on a roll. Uh, right. <laughs> hey, finish the so, job. <laughs> so I wanted to find out if this was really true, if this is a myth or this is really true. So I uh, Googled some illicit places online in in Glendale, Arizona, which is where the Super Bowl is. So you actually put in Google illicit places for prostitutes? I looked up, you know, every word I could think of to come up with different places that would have prostitutes online. Give me some of the words. On his work computer. uh, (laughs) On my work computer. This is like Hunter Biden. (laughs) It was good working with you, Noam. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Better tell HR. So, give me some of the words you used. I think um, I used prostitute, escort. um, I used, um, I can't remember what else. But those two were more than enough to get a ton of stuff that I didn't want and then some stuff I did. And finally, after a number of phone calls, I found a woman who was a head of an escort service in Glendale, Arizona. Okay. And uh, she was willing to tell me what business was like this weekend during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, she didn't want to tell me her name, but uh, she did give me this, and here's part of our conversation. Yes, our prices did go up a bit. What What are you interested in? Well, how, is, lo- how long would you like? Uh, I guess I'm looking for a, a <laughs> list of things that you, <laughs> that you offer. Mm, mm-hmm. It really is dependent on what you're what you're interested in we have full service you know normally we charge about uh, 600 for an hour but of course that price went up supply and demand we have much more demand uh during this weekend so uh we're looking at 950 for an hour that's full service whatever you'd like a lot of money and she said um that there's so much business they can't handle all the business she said she said uh by the way she wanted to point out these are all women who were there on their own. No, this is not like they brought in people from Asia. It's not right. trafficking. These are people right. who are in the sure. business. Sure. And she says um, that um, all the spots are taken, 20 women at all, no trafficking going on. If you'd like to spend the night, we're looking at some somewhere between 3000 and 4500 We have a few remaining spots. Um, we are, I can tell you this, we'll probably be filled up by within the next Three hours, we'll be totally booked. Yeah, and that was on Friday. Yes, I mean on Thursday yesterday. Wow. Yeah. So all this uh, research just begs the question. Right. What time is your flight? Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she, she said did. back to him like, "Will you be using the regular card this time, Mister Layden?" <laughs> yeah. She she, yeah, right. she recognized my voice. <laughs> no, um. it was like no. no why didn't she do yourself? So there was one woman on the site who I noticed garnered a lot more money uh, than the other women on that site. Her name was Melinda. So I said, "Who's who's Melinda, and why is she so popular?" Well, she's first of all, she's been here the longest with us, and I can tell you that she is incredibly professional. 
and just uh, will make you feel as if you're the only person in the room, uh, the only person on the world in the world, actually. And she uh, uh, just knows exactly how to treat our clients. <laughs> that's, that's a skill that just doesn't come. That's an innate skill. So, so that was a deep dive. Well, my deep dive, I found out that it's true that uh, pro- yeah, that prostitution is big at the Super Bowl. This woman saying she they more than in some cases doubled their rates for some of their Jeez. services this week. Wow. Well, there you have it, folks. We're in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right or wrong. That is great investigative work. Thank yeah, you. it really is. No question. If uh, you were Geraldo Rivera, you would have found the mob. I mean. <laughs> see, you, see you like Tuesday, yeah. Norm, whenever you get back. And I, 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 by the way, I've never once in the history of this show once seen Phil, Macedonia Phil, take notes. Except for yeah. that seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was hoping to be like, a little more information. Yeah, I saw yeah, that, Phil. Yeah. Numbers and stuff. Yeah. All right, coming up next, just in case you do go to Arizona and take part in what just Noam just talked about, you may need an attorney. So you may want to talk to Joseph Tacopini. He's going to join me and Liz coming up next before Danny A and Frank Catania. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. Jackson Brown for you, 842 on your Friday morning. Bill O'Reilly was on for his weekly appearance yesterday. Always a great segment. And he's heading out this morning to Super Bowl 57. My next guest, who has been our next guest, I should say, Liz Pipko, co-hosting today. Been a friend of mine for 43 years. 43. It's the carpool together. I was on Quentin Road. He was on Bedford Avenue to Poly Prep. He's gone on to become the most famous defense attorney. No disrespect to Daniel Rosenberg or Arthur Idala, but Takapinas is at the very top of the food chain, like I've done with radio. The two of us, and he's on this show every Friday, and he's going to the Super Bowl, I believe, tonight, maybe tomorrow, to watch the Eagles take on the Chiefs. Here he is, the great Joseph Takapina. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Sydney. How are you, buddy? Okay, I'm good. You're great, aren't you? Yeah, I leave tonight. I leave tonight. You leave tonight? This is the last thing I want to do, by the way. Just oh. understand that. I, I don't, I'm not a Super Bowl guy. I don't believe a word of this. I, not a word. I don't believe a word of it. I swear to you, I'm going for clients. I'm not going for the – first of all, I could not hate two teams more. If there's a tie, I, I'd root for a tie. I, 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 the Chiefs, obviously, I hate as a Raider fan. The Eagles, I hate because I'm a New Yorker. So I don't know what, what yeah. to do here. I really don't. But you're going uh, with Visa. Is that right, Visa? Yeah, Visa invited me. Visa First Horizon Bank um, partnered up, and they invited some people. I guess they, I guess they got a lot of no's on the invites, and and they got down to the bottom of the list, and somehow I got an invite, and I'm going to be in this Visa suite. Yep. So it's uh, wow. oh, it's interesting. No, nah, it's cool. Uh, Listen, it's a, it's a great it's venue. Cool. The weather is gorgeous. Uh, there are two teams you don't like, but they're certainly the two best teams in football. Should be a big game. But we've got more important business to discuss, Liz. Hi, Joe. Hey, um, Liz. How are you? 
Good, good. So you're obviously representing the former president now, and I would love to ask you what everyone always asks me. What is he like in person, and has your opinion of him changed at all since you've spent some time with him? Absolutely. Absolutely has. Um, you know, honestly, I didn't know what I was in for um, when I went down to Mar-a-Lago and spent some time with him, but he really is a charming guy. Look, a lot of what we see when people are in front of the camera and doing their thing um, it is drastically different than than reality, right? And, and look, Donald Trump is a winner. You don't you don't have to like him, you know, you know, whatever. But he's a winner, and and he's done that throughout his life. And and but you know, he could be abrasive. He knows that he could be uh, you know, cantankerous and all that. But in person, he was charming as hell. Um, you know, it, it was amazing. We were go. He was playing music on his iPad and and, and going through songs like uh, Pinball Wizard from the Who. And, and telling me the history of it, and it was it was just it was very fascinating and very you know there's a lot less bluster in person. So he was uh, obviously very intelligent, but also just a very nice guy. And, and actually, you know, when he retained me, he sent me one of the nicest notes I've ever received from a client. Um, oh, you know, thanking me for 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 helping him, and it was really uh, you know you would expect that. So yes, the answer, Liz, to your question is yes. I I, I saw a different person in person that I. I I've come to really admire, um, well, and I've admired him, you know, from afar, but, but to, to see how he is in person is, is, is much different than what I think people would expect. And in all fairness, uh, before you even met the president, you kind of were in that camp because you represented Kimberly Guilfoyle, uh, the whole January 6th nonsense. You actually went to D.C. Right. with Kimberly to represent her there. So you were kind of part of the Trump camp even before you met the president. Yeah, and I'd spoken to him several times because, obviously, you know, he wanted to make sure his future daughter-in-law was taken care of, and I was dealing with the, his son. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we had spoken, but but it was different to spend some time with him. We had dinner together. We had breakfast together. We, you know, spent some quality time together. I got a lot of nice hats that he signed for me. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a different uh, – got to get free golf at Bedminster. That's what you got to get. So, But, but I do I have to ask you – and, and here's the one thing about uh, client uh, privilege, all that stuff – like, Danielle never tells me anything. She really doesn't. She really takes that seriously. So does Joseph. So Joseph called me on that Tuesday morning, Liz, on the Malago. He said, am I doing the right thing? I said, you are. I have no idea why, why he was there. I have no idea what he's doing with the president. But I do know this. Very publicly, Joseph, he's got the issue in Georgia. Mar-a-Lago is still out there. January 6th is still out there. Alan Dershowitz comes on the show and says, Sid, one of these things is going to stick. I don't know if that means he's not going to be able to run I don't know what it means, but one of these things you know, is going to stick. Yeah, well, stick, it mean, I don't know if Alan meant stick in the sense of he'll be convicted. I don't think he'll be convicted of anything um, because I, I, I become intimately familiar with some of these cases. And, and uh, But stick could mean bringing charges. And, and really what that is, again, it's the justice system being politicized once again um, because that's the world we live in today. And it's, it's quite frankly, makes my skin crawl as a lawyer a former prosecutor, someone who's done this for a long time. I just hate when I see the justice system being used as a political pawn. And what maybe Alan meant was this. If he is indicted, God forbid, on any of these investigations, and, and there he's running for president, um, the fact that he's under indictment, not convicted, just under indictment, could allow states to keep him off of the ballot. And and that's something that, that is, um, you know, it, it, it just further incentivizes the haters and, and, and the people who are looking to kneecap him um, because, you know, he did something that no one ever thought he could do, um, and, and he won. 
And so I think that's, unfortunately, I think that's part of what's going on here. You know, it's uh, when you see investigators who are partisan, uh, Letitia James, for example, I don't even want to start there, but, but you know, she, she ran a campaign as a private citizen saying she was going to get Trump. Now, that begs the question, just intellectually, how did she know she was going to get Trump if she was a private citizen without access to evidence and documents and everything else? Right. So she started with the agenda that she was going to get Trump and then tried to look for evidence to back it up. Um, it, it's it's things like that that really um, disgust me. I'll just be blunt. Yeah, yeah. Me, no, it should. She, she's disgusting, by the way. Uh, but, you know, lawyers have a bad rap. And uh, I'm very close to, you know, you, obviously, my, my wife, who I love dearly. And they get a bad rap because every now and then there's a bad lawyer. Right, Joe? I mean, I don't care if you're talking about politics or sports or, you know, a bad cop. You know, 99.99% of cops, no one of those cops more than me, are the bravest, greatest people in the world. And then you get one event in Memphis and they're horrible people. So this guy Pomerantz, for example, for people who don't like lawyers, he's the reason, yeah. right? He, he, he takes the cake. And it, it's shocking what he's done to his 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 legacy, his future, um, the, 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 the stain he's put on the bar. Um, this guy fancies himself, and I never really thought so, but he fancies himself as some some sophisticated intellectual lawyer, you know, former prosecutor, you know, represented defendants, and you know, when he was a defense lawyer, and you know, he did some mob work. Although now he, you know, compares Donald Trump to John Gotti, which is obviously no cheap ploy to sell a book. Um, but he's committed a crime. I mean, make no mistake about it. He has used information that he received during a grand jury investigation when he was appointed special prosecutor by Cy Vance to investigate Trump. And, and so he, he left in a huff because Alan Bragg chose not to proceed forward with, with charges against the president. And he left in a huff, leaked his letter to the New York Times, um, and the letter was then published because it laid out all the reasons why Trump was guilty of, of some crime, which – He's not guilty of, by the way. I know what the letter outlined, and it it's couldn't be further from the truth, but putting that aside, he then leaves it off, and, and then he does something that no one in a million years could have ever imagined a lawyer of any standing could do, which is commit a crime by violating the grand jury secrecy laws, the violation of New York State Penal Code, Section 215. And and what it is is when you take information that is – and he signed an agreement, by the way, said Liz. He signed an yep. agreement with the district attorney's office when he joined – Saying, number six, I acknowledge that the information I'll receive is going to be coming from a grand jury, grand jury subpoenas, and that information cannot be shared with a third party. Otherwise, it's a crime under New York State penal law. Well, you know, I guess if you want to sell a book, penal law <laughs> be damned. Um, you know, the, the Association of Prosecuting Attorneys in this country, which is the, the, the most important, you know, association of, of prosecutors that range from, you know, California to New York and every state, have called for his disbarment. Okay, Good. his disbarment. Good. Um, people are calling for his criminal prosecution, including Good. me. I, I sent a yep. letter to yep. to the DA Bragg, and and it's just it's outrageous. He's at, and he's not only you know violated the, the, the law by by showing these documents and talking about information that he received while he was a a, a prosecutor. The investigation is still open and ongoing, yep. and Alan yep. Bragg is has a real beef there. Because he's saying, wait, I have an open investigation. He's yeah. compromised. You know what's funny about this? So now you just mentioned Alvin Bragg. A lot. Right? So you mentioned Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA. And you even said, you know, in this specific case, he's on the right side. And what's going to happen is, I'm telling you, Joe, I'm going to get a bunch of messages. Your friend Takapina, he likes. Now, you're on record a million times on this show 
Even once, kind of jokingly saying, I want my campaign money back, the donation I gave him, because you're unhappy with the job Alvin Bragg does. But because you just said something relatively nice, people get angry. And that goes to the column about me and Mayor Eric Adams in today's Daily News, which I know oh, you read. Goodness gracious. I mean, Joe, what, oh, what is so bad about two like guys he, trying to get something done? And by the way, Eric, you know Eric's a longtime friend of mine. And by the way, next time you see him, tell him I said hello. Sure. But I, I read that. I was like, oh, how pathetic. I mean, you're, you're, you're the most important radio talk show host in New York. Oh, Everyone thank listens. Thank people, people who are important in New York City want to discuss New York City with other people who are important in New York City. So Eric Adams having lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever with you is, is Eric actually doing his job. It's, it's something that he should be doing. It, it, it's not, he's not saying I'm now aligning with the right. I'm aligning with the left. You didn't align with the left by having, you know, uh, you know, dinner with Eric. I mean, oh. it's such a ridiculous thing that people look for anything to dispute hate on it's it's and it's becoming pathetic it really is it's this it's, it's, the, the people have so much hate in this world and yeah. are so jealous of people it's yep. uh, it's becoming sad this this social media has created a platform for these losers to just get out there and spew hate and 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 vile and you know listen ever since i've taken on the president as, as a client, you could imagine. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah. And by the way, it's, it's funny you mentioned. And it's funny you mentioned social media because, as you know, Joseph, we're only two days removed from Chris Ray and these FBI people back on the Hill, Twitter people, all these other folks that you know had no issue banning people like President Trump for life, but yet Al Qaeda, ISIS, you know, some of the yeah, world's yeah, yeah. They're, they're there. I mean, groups. Get a, get a platform. The guy <laughs> whose policies they don't like doesn't. It, it's just it's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. I mean, and then and then if you're a subscriber to TikTok, oh my God, that's a whole other world. You know, you might as well just invite them into your home and let them see what you, you know what your underwear yeah. looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've done that with Melania, by the way, at Mar-a-Lago. They did do that. They know exactly what her underwear looks like because of Merrick Garland. One more quickly in about sixty seconds. That was kind of creepy. About sixty seconds. <laughs> <I'm> not- <laughs> <laughs> the bail reform stuff. Now they want to train judges, Joe, on an annual basis on the bail reform laws because, you know, Kathy Hochul, of course, ain't going to change it despite, you know, she tinkers just a little. It ain't going to happen. Andrew Stewart Cousins, Carl Heasty, they're not going to budge. It doesn't matter what Eric Adams says, what Sid says, what Joe says. It ain't going to happen. What do you think about uh, refresher courses for judges on this bail reform nonsense? I don't really even know what that means because until the law changes, the judge's hands are virtually tied. So it doesn't. The refresher courses are great, I guess, but but it's the, it doesn't do much if the judges have no discretion right. on on certain offenses to let people out on bail. So I mean, I guess they could be nicer when they're doing it, but I don't know what a refresher course does. The, the, that's not the problem. That's that's you know what that is. That's a a, a band aid. That's the the window dressing to make it look like we're trying to do something here. That's not what what's going to solve this problem. What's going to solve this problem is is making sure reasonable bail is set, especially for dangerous individuals. People who commit violent crimes that shouldn't be able to walk out in in two minutes without posting a substantial bail. And because you're seeing what's happening time and time again, the subway the guy just did these the subway assaults is a I don't know. I think he has 12 commissions. <laughs> I mean, it goes, it's, it's ridiculous. No. New York City is mm-hmm. becoming unsafe. And it's crazy because it's the greatest city in the world. It has everything. And people are leaving in droves yeah. because of fear for their safety. And it's, it's, it's outrageous. Well, one guy that can. About the Nets and the Rangers, though? I know. What I was going to say, one guy that can never leave, Joe. 
that can never leave, who is quickly becoming one of the most beloved New York athletes ever. I mean this. Jacob Truba. Yeah. The best. <laughs> you love Truba. My favorite player ever. He runs people over cleanly, like cleanly. So Listen, let me tell you something, Joe. You know, you know how much respect this guy gets? Lou Rafino, the great Lou Rafino, Hall of Fame board up. I missed the whole thing. He's a, a, an Islander fan his whole life, hates the Rangers. And even he came in this week and said, did you see, right, Lou, what did oh, you say about Truba? Massive, massive clean hits. <laughs> Amazing. Two of them. And you know, Lou, you know what else he does, though, which is great? He annihilates people. They get up, or some teammate comes over yeah. to try and fight him. He beats the, sh- he beats the hell out of them. <laughs> a shizzle out of him. He beats the hell out of them. And then they get a two-minute instigator penalty, so the Rangers actually get a power play and score. It's like it's a trifecta. Yeah. It's He's like MVP. What he does. Yeah, he's great. It's MVP stuff. Exactly. And that was a great trade the Rangers made. That was right. Tarasenko, so we'll go to the Stanley Cup. So. I think you're right. I think we are. And I can't get excited about the Mets yet, even though I am and all that. i got to wait and see what the Rangers do. Basketball, the Knicks will be okay. Maybe a first-round exit. Nobody cares about the Nets. They're done now anyway. So i got to watch the Rangers, Joseph, with you. Then I'll get excited about Met baseball. But, listen, another amazing appearance. Have a safe flight out to Arizona. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. You're great. We love you. We'll do it again next Friday, buddy. Thank you so much. Okay, brother. Take care. Please. You're the man. Thanks. You got it. There he is. Famed defense attorney, friend of mine, for 43 years. Great lawyer, even a better man. Joseph Takapina. Great 9 o'clock hour to come, which includes Liz Pipko. Sid's take, our game show today. I'm going to play you today. How's your um, football knowledge? It's pretty, pretty damn bad. Perfect. You're going to play? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we'll also uh, live in studio Frank Catania, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and the great actor, Gemini Lounge, a big screening coming up on Monday night. Danny A., he's coming up next. Fourth and final hour, Sid and Friends in the Morning, about to come your way. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing. So I've been blessed during my career to do a lot of really cool stuff. Right now I'm hosting the number one show in New York City. There's a big article about me on page two of today's New York Daily News. Far-right Trump fan getting chummy with the mayor. It's everywhere today. Me and Mayor Eric Adams, we have become very good friends And in this world, that's not allowed because he's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I like Trump. He likes Biden. So it's not allowed. So they're writing stories all day, every day about me and the mayor. I'm I'm being ironic. I'm kidding, obviously. It's perfectly okay. And that's more people should be doing that. The country should be in better shape. So I've been blessed with a lot of great things. But about two years ago, I was invited by, it was either Bo Deedle or Heshi Organbaum, to go see a movie screening of this uh, really cute love story. I think it was called I Love Us. And it was at the uh, the Whitley Hotel in New York City. And they said, there's a guy there named Danny. You're going to meet him. I don't know who Danny is. Of course, you know, he's in Mob. He's got Mob Town. He's got Lansky. Irish Mills. 
Yeah, you're going to meet him. Who knows? Maybe you'll get an acting gig one day. I had just started acting in a television show. Just. So I go there, and the first person I see I got there early was Danny. Danny walks out, and I'm a good-looking guy. I'm in good shape. You know, I look like an actor. And uh, I said, I'm Sid. And he said to me, he goes, you look like an actor. And then I sat and I watched the premiere. Very cute movie, by the way. Very cute. Funny, too. And then after the movie, Danny said to me, I got a role for you. I said, come on. So I do. Because I'm making a movie about the Gemini Lounge, which I know all about. I'm a Brooklyn kid. I know all about those guys. I said, come on. I knew that bar. They were chopping up bodies while making the movie. And Danny, being the man to his word, got back in touch with me and hired me. And last year, in uh, late March, early April, I went to Los Angeles for an entire week, stayed at the very posh Beverly Hills Hotel, and showed up for work. Five days to a studio in downtown Los Angeles and shot a movie. I'm not the star Danny is. I don't have the biggest role. You got some great young actors in there, guys like Jake Cannavale, Greg Finley, um, a, bunch of, a bunch of really good talent. Robert Davi, Bo Deedle, list goes on and on. Lucy Hale, Emil Hirsch. But I'm in it. I could actually say I'll be in movie theaters coming up this summer. It was incredibly surreal and exciting. And Monday is the actual private screening to see myself on a movie. I'm not, and he's in town for that. Here he is. I would say this. The most talented young guy in Hollywood today, whether it's writing, producing, directing, or acting, he's the most talented young guy in Hollywood today. Danny A. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't really write. I mean, I help with the story, but I don't sit there and actually write. But thank you, Sid. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. I, I mean, I got to tell you, uh, you're going to be very, very happy when you see yeah. the movie. I, 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 I was telling your friend, it, it took a lot to uh, explain to you a little bit of what the, the process is. It's not radio. Yes. And hitting your marks and things like that. But once you're actually on... Um, and, and you, and you start doing your thing, you, you, you do a very, very, Thank very you. good job. And yeah. it's not a little role. It's actually a pretty big role, <laughs> a substantial role. So, well, you did teach me. So, so for example, I'm a bartender, right? So, and he, this guy goes on to become a killer at night, bartender during the day, killer at night. They called him Dracula. He's the first cousin of Roy DeMeo. So, right. When they called on me to do a line, I was ready. But as Danny was teaching me and he was a very good teacher while I'm not speaking, I still have to be doing stuff. That really shows what the role is. So if I'm a bartender, cleaning the glasses, I'm making drinks, and I wouldn't do that. I would just stand there and look at the scene like, oh, wow, this is cool. He's like, no, Sid, you're a bartender. Bartend. <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so there was a couple times where Danny had to explain that to me. To me, that was really valuable information, so thank you. Oh, of course. I mean, that's my job. I, look, if I was going to give you a role and I, we were going to do this and I understood your passion and I realized that this is something that you really wanted – First of all, I want you to succeed. The, the most important thing is that you come off and understand that it, it, it looks great. And, you know, just staying in the character is the most important thing because the camera starts on you and then it continues to go to other characters. And you're in the background. You've got to continue to play what you are. Right, right. Uh, and that was very important. But, I, again, I, I, I'm telling you, you're going to be very, very happy. I can't uh, wait. Monday night, I can't wait. So a lot of people listening right now. Or in Brooklyn, Manhattan, they know that bar. Danny, I can't tell you how many times I mentioned this. I get it. Oh my God, Flatlands Avenue. I grew up right there, Ralph Avenue, Canarsie. Yeah. They know about it and they can't wait to see this. So give the folks a little taste of what it was like to be back in Brooklyn 40 years ago. So the, the movie's called The Gemini Lounge because of the bar on Flatlands. 
and it was owned by Roy DeMeo. Roy DeMeo was a you know gangster with the Gambino family. And you play Roy. I play Roy DeMeo. Emil Hirsch plays the cop that infiltrates the the crew. Lucy Hill plays the bartender that works yeah. with you. Who, by the way, Lucy Hill has twenty five million followers on Twitter. On Instagram. On Instagram. She's right. amazing. P- pretty Little Lies. Pretty, pretty Little Lies. Yeah. Ashley Green from Twilight's in it. Uh, a bunch of great guys. Greg and George and Jeremy Luke, who I love. Oh, he's great. Yeah, his mom listens to the show every morning. Is that show, right? Yeah, and she's a big fan, and I told Jeremy that I was going to talk about her. Oh, he's great. Hey, mom. <laughs> uh, so, so, what, what happened, so, basically, so this bar... Was a, you know a regular bar f- f- when anybody's walking by, but the reality is is where they did all their business. There was an apartment that Dracula, your character, lived in next door, and they say between 150 and 200 bodies were chopped up. That in there. many? Yeah, that's what they say. Jesus, is that right? Because you were there, Frank. I know you did some of that. that- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so the movie is you know I did a movie called The Iceman and uh, Ray Liotta, may he rest it. in peace. Yep. Um, played Roy the male, and I was just obsessed with the character, and I really wanted to kind of figure out how to do it. Um, and when I decided to play him, I had to gain weight. I had to really do it, and me directing and acting in it was not easy. Um, but I took it on, and like you said, it was uh, March of last year, and it was it was a uh, it was surreal because now we're here. You're gonna yeah. see it on Monday. We have a private screening for friends and family, and uh, we sold the movie to Vertical. No, congratulations. Big, thank you. It's a yep. big deal. Vertical's amazing. They did uh, Al Capone with Tom Hardy. They did Lansky with Harvey Keitel. They did the Gotti movie. They're really, really good at the, the genre, and I knew that this is where I wanted the movie to go. They understand the genre. They understand what to do with it. And, uh, I mean, I've never been more proud in my life than in, than this movie. This is, I think, you know, the one that um, it all comes down to. I mean, I wow. really put all well, you, of my You've actually effort. said to me this week, you've said, this movie, again, this is a great Danny A., Will be Donnie, uh, Donnie Brasco meets Goodfellas. Well, that's the, the Bronx that's, Tale that's meets the Godfather. Well, yeah. no, it, the feel is uh, is Donnie Brasco and Goodfellas because you know there's the the cop uh, who infiltrates the crew. That's Brasco. And, and and the way I wanted to tell the story is with the voiceover of Bobby's character, and and uh, it just feels it just feels like it's like an old classic mob movie. Look, I can't talk about it and say how great it is because I mean, of course, I'm going to say that, but the reality is. Um, Vertical believes in it. I believe in it. And not a lot of people got to see it, but the ones that I have seen it. Yeah. Just the trailer looks amazing. So, and at the same time, you, like you got married, uh, your beautiful wife uh, from Tel Aviv. By the way, his wife is uh, from Israel, uh, Liz Pipko. So. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So. Yes. And we're, and we're, we're about to have a baby in two, three weeks, uh, Max. How yeah. about that? Congratulations. She actually spends a lot of her time trying to get curriculum for the Holocaust into schools across the country. Because they don't teach about it. They teach about civil oh. rights and slavery. But she is efforting to get the Holocaust taught in schools all over the country. I love that. And if you need any help, let me know. I'm here. Thank That's you for good. that. Thank and, but, you. and you also did a movie about that talking about Israel the Engineer. Yes. So so we shot we shot Gemini Lounge in March. And then I went and got married in Tel Aviv. And I stayed there and shot another movie called The Engineer, like you said. It's a true story about the biggest manhunt in the history of Israel uh, this terrorist who would build these bombs and give them to uh, suicide bombers, and they would go out and bomb civilians on buses. Nineteen ninety-five. 
So the movie's the manhunt looking for this guy. Was he a Palestinian? An a Iranian? Palestinian, no, okay. a Palestinian yeah. uh, in the Gaza Strip. In the Gaza Strip, sure. Um, and uh, we loved it. We sold that too. I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to say where we sold it to, but it's going to be a big uh, release as well. And that's August. By the way, Gemini Lounge comes out around. June, June. I think June. Yeah. So that'll be, and that'll be because people. Is, is it streaming and theaters? Yeah. So, so what they do is they they do theaters and on demand at the same time. It's called you know in theaters now, what? um, because you know the reality is everyone's got a sixty inch TV now and they sit home and watch it. Going to the movie theater is a big you know I think the it's over. Yeah, I mean COVID it's not over, it, but yeah. it's you know yeah. I'm gonna but when, I'm gonna go to the movie theater. Just By the way, myself. you know the, the screening <laughs> the screening. On Monday, there's an after party at uh, at the Great Civilian Hotel. Well, I don't know if I can f- say that. It's a rooftop bar, but no, uh, people, can come, people can come to the party. There you go, Frank. Afterwards, You're in Brittany. Civilian Hotel at the Star Child at the rooftop is going to be great. Stevie That's Gunman. a great place. Yeah, Stevie Gunman and Sean Christie run it. It's a um, good, good friends of mine, and they were gracious enough to let us have the party there. So anybody who wants to come to that, they're more than welcome. And what time is that? Nine o'clock. No, it starts at nine o'clock. It's right. going to go to like twelve, one o'clock. That's a brand new hotel. It's gorgeous. Yeah, right? just yeah. I think six months, and uh, I'm obviously staying there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank think, you, Sean and Stevie. I think I met Stevie at the movie premiere. Yes, yeah, for I love great, us. Yeah, he's a great guy and a yeah. good actor. He was yeah. in my movie First We Take Brooklyn. He was in Mobtown. Uh, and now he runs this place, and uh, and it's great. Um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I, I keep thinking about this, right? Because a big part of why I gave you the role, I got to be honest, is I said to myself, every time I went to a premiere or went to screening, I was like, do you think someone has noticed me? You think maybe someone's going to be like, hey, you, you look, you should be an actor. I'm, and no one ever did it. Right? It's a very rare thing. And when I was put in this position where I can do that, uh, and seeing your face light up, probably you didn't believe a word I said. No, not a word. And no. seeing you on set and, and watching you do it and, and, and how excited and nervous you were. Yeah. But I'm, I was scared to death. But, I was, <laughs> but I'm so excited. And it's a big part of, of the way I am. And seeing you watching and seeing it, it makes me feel... Uh, not only proud, but just like excited because oh, I know right. that it's it's something that you really wanted, but it's it's something that I take pride and joy because I know how hard it is to break into the business. And I, I got to be honest, and I'm telling you, I know you have a lot of listeners. People are going to be blown away by your performance because really? you're not sit. You, it's it's a weird thing. You can't really see it because you're doing it. Yeah. But when you watch it, you're going to understand the way we shot it, and you, maybe you yeah. don't understand the angles and. The way you come off. Oh, I have no a, idea. But yeah, Paul Dito did say to me, who's great in this movie, too, he and is. loves you, he uh, he said, you look really mean and veiny. <laughs> you do you do look mean veiny. I've got and, and very, very like tan. Yeah. And very, very, very tan. tan. So here's the best part. So, so Danny goes to me, listen, this guy in real life, Joe Guglielmo, I'm a Dracula. He never went outside. They called him Dracula. So he had no tan. He also had hair. He also... So I go to Los Angeles. I'm bald, like the rock or the pebble. Uh, I'm and the tan. most tan person on the planet. <laughs> so, so I go to Danny. I go, I don't really look like the guy in real life. I go, just do the part. Don't worry about it. Even when I, I was nervous about that when I got there. Like, I'm tan and bald. This guy had hair and he was pale as can be. Well, the thing is, you know, what I look. I played Roy the Mayor. Roy the Mayor was another, you know, maybe 60, 70 pounds on Heavier, me. Yeah. I gained 15 pounds yeah. in the role. It's not really what's important. No, what's important no. is no one's going. It's not like you're playing someone who's famous and people can just point it out. You're playing a character. It was there was a guy like that. He was tall. Yep. 
He was handsome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about his, you know, his his, his tan, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but you you know, I it, it's really about the, the character yeah. and the way yeah. you portray it and the, and, and the things that you say. So Curtis Sliwa, who is a, a great New Yorker, you know Curtis, Guardian Angels. Yeah, yeah of course. So he grew up in Canarsie. So he knew all these guys. I knew Joey Testa. I knew Patty Testa. The other guy, Anthony's about to get out of prison soon, by the way, next year. He's like, how am I not in the movie? I go, because you're not an actor. Nobody wants to put you in a movie. But I know all these guys. So he's lurking around the studio somewhere. Oh, so okay. he's going to come up to you, the Mr. Guardian Angel himself, and he's going to yell at you, Danny, why, in, why aren't I in the movie? Because I knew these guys personally, which he did. He's a Canarsie boy, so. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. they're from, you know, Flowers and Canarsie, and uh, I would, if I would have known, I would have used him maybe for consulting. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know, is he an actor? No, he's not an he's actor. He's a great guy. He's a great he guy. He does great work. But, but, but you're from here, from New York. Yeah, so I was born in Israel, but uh, raised in Brooklyn when I was nine years old. My family moved me here. Uh, and what part? Were you in Borough Park? No, so I grew up, in the beginning, we lived on Ocean Parkway. I went to school, uh, I went to FDR uh, in Bensonhurst. I would walk to school every day. And age 15, my family moved to Midwood, Bedford oh, Avenue. Sure, sure. And uh, so I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up around people that, you know, characters, you know, your typical Brooklyn characters. Yeah. And I was obsessed with Martin Scorsese movies. And I wanted to make movies my whole life. And now that I get to make them, uh, I try to pick, you know, subjects that I, that I like and yeah. things that interest me. Um, and making this movie was, uh, you know, we were supposed to come to New York to shoot outside the real Gemini Lounge. It's a church now. But you did some scenes there, no? no? So we shot the whole thing in L.A. All of it. We ended up doing it on the Paramount lot. Um, no one would ever know that. You'll never I know. Say that. I mean, it the looks bar exactly... looked great. It looked amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, you did the interior. You were never actually outside no. because you're Dracula. You right. don't go outside. Right, right. Uh, but the interior we shot in a different location downtown, and then the exterior stuff we shot on the Paramount lot. Awesome. And it was awesome. Yeah. I got you know, For me to be able to do my first movie, you know, usually your first movie, it's like something that's not very good. This is going to be a, an iconic classic movie. So I get to tell people the first movie I ever made, I was in the Gemini Lounge. That's like being in the Godfather. It's good. Well, well, I, I, I want to start my career. But, and I'm but, like, that's it. My career's done now. I can't act again. You it's know, not going to get better. I, I, you know, I, no, I mean, you're, you're going to go on and do great things. Thank the you. Thing, the thing is, is that I honestly believe in it, but it's not up to me. I'm obviously the guy who made the movie. But the fact that, you know, Vertical uh, comes on board and, and, and really, really believes in the movie and... and, and Bought it and and you know and paid a, a nice amount of money. Really shows that yeah, you know yeah. it's not just. A, it, it, you have to understand most movies that are get get made don't have distribution. They don't. And, and they don't have distribution. Yeah. Distribution is someone who goes. I believe in it. I'm gonna pay for it. I'm gonna spend a lot of money on marketing it. I think this is great. And I you know and that's what it comes down to because. At the end of the day, if people don't see it, you know, and this is going to be a big release. And, and that's why I'm excited. Not because of how great I think the movie is, is that people are really going to get to see it. Yeah. Most of my, you know, some of the movies that I've done, like I Love Us, was a small little movie, uh, a cute movie. But the distribution was not great, you know, because of the size of the movie was. And not a lot of people got to enjoy it and see it. And this is what's exciting about it is that a lot of people are really going to get to see it. Well, congratulations on making the movie. Congratulations on Vertical buying the movie. Thank you. Monday night's going to be great. I am forever indebted to you and grateful. Oh, forever. stop. No, I mean, no, I mean that. No, no. You I did a that. great job. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you keep it up.
Thank and you. Uh, and we might see you on set again. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Gustavo, too. He's a nice guy. He, Gustavo, uh, our producer, and Kyle yeah. Stefanski. Yeah. And they're all coming to town today. Awesome. Uh, Greg Finley's flying in. I love George Greg. is flying in. Yeah, yeah. George. And everyone will be there. And I'm um, excited to see you. You're probably going to get there like 3 p.m. Oh, right? yeah, Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, the great Danny A. And again, get ready for a Gemini Lounge to hit theaters near you. And after that, The Engineer, another great movie. But for now, Gemini Lounge to hit a theater near you. You can follow Danny on Instagram at Danny A27, at Danny A27. Just a tremendous talent and even better guy, my friend Danny A. We'll come back with one of the stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey. He's in the weed business now, that's what I want to talk about. Frank Catania will play Sid's take, Liz Pipko, and Michael Dodino with a Super Bowl prediction. All that and more. We are the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York. That's me, Sid, here on WABC. Is sit in friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. All right, that was great stuff, Danny A. And uh, turns out you're all invited, folks, to the rooftop bar. Oh, they know just did uh, five miles in Central Park. Jeez, excellent job. That's my uh, wife, the champ. Getting ready to run the Tokyo Marathon coming up in a couple of weeks. Her 36th marathon and the sixth and final marathon to get the Abbott Award. Uh, the, uh, the rooftop bar is on 42nd Street, and I'll give you more information. And it turns out everybody's invited, the listening audience, too. So uh, join us on Monday night after the screening of the Gemini Lounge. Frank Catania is one of the real stars of Real Housewives of New Jersey. One of the guys I really like on that show, actually. Uh, has been on the show from day one, was married to Dolores all those years ago. And uh, they have their children, and they maintain the relationship. And he is, uh, he's great on TV. But he's become a good friend of mine because he's actually a really good guy. And he likes some of the things that I like. So when you came in, for example, and Liz is here too, Liz Pipko, and you meet a guy like Danny A, and you're like, this guy, this guy hangs out with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. He's made major motion pictures. He's got a movie coming out that's on the Martin Scorsese level. And like you said, when he walked out, he's just so like an everyday guy, right? I mean, I had Sid, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, like no the guys idea. on the Real Housewives are actually more pricky than he is, and he's a real star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you, if I didn't know the guys from the Real Housewives of New Jersey and yeah. I met them, they would not be near as nice. As <laughs> All right, that's for sure. Yeah. So you were impressed with though with Danny? A. Oh my God, to say the very least. I yeah. had no idea when I met him, and then after I found out who he was, uh, absolutely, yeah. I was very impressed. And you want to act? I mean, I, I guess you know it's the Bravo Channel, it's TV. There was some acting there because you know the camera's there, and you're good with that. You're more good for the camera. But you would like to really act, act, right? You got the body, you got the big arms. Keep yourself in great shape. You'd be a great tough guy. You'd like to do that, right? I got to be honest with you. I think everybody out there somewhere. Deep down inside, wants to be an actor. Yeah, they do, right? right? Absolutely. That, that's as good as it gets. Listen, part of life. Part yeah. of life, you're an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, you've had success as a lawyer, uh, real estate. You've done a whole bunch of things in your life. But at this point, if you had one opportunity, it would be to be in a movie to act. Oh, I would love to. I, can I tell you something? Deep down inside, nobody knows. If I could ever do it again, I'd be a DJ. 
A DJ? Yeah. No, no, if you do it again, you were, you were yeah. a popular DJ at one point? No, I said if I could do it again, if I ever came around again. Oh, life again. Yeah. Right. And now why DJ? I don't know. I just love watching DJs up on the stage, playing the music and seeing everyone else so happy and dancing and making everybody else so happy. You like that? I love it. What kind of music do you like? I, I love dance music. Dance B music. BPM dance music. I love it. Are you a good dancer? No. Do I look like I'm a good no, dancer? No, you look like you're a horrible dancer. I can dancer. barely walk up the stairs. I don't <laughs> dance. Right. In fact... When I took a look at the cast right now, I can't think of any of those. Maybe Louie, maybe. Uh, Joe probably has those Brooklyn, you know, tough guy moves. Beningo can't dance. No, Beningo uh, can't dance. Evan, maybe he's Jewish, he can't dance. I don't no, know. No, no, there's no Maybe dance. Tiki, but he's off the show. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, one of the prerequisites for the Real Housewives in New Jersey was not being a dancer. Not to be there. No. So you had episode one last week. Yes, what we season now is this, 13 or 14? This is, this is 13, season 13 we're wow. into now. It's amazing how many people that I know in, in New York that actually love that show. Of all the housewife shows, because New York is dead now, Jersey is getting the best ratings. That's people's favorite show. Why, why do you think that is, Frank? Why do you think they like uh, your show? Because I think New Jersey, as crazy as they are, all right, and the women are crazy, we're the most relatable. I, th I think yeah. we truly are the most relatable. And, and quite honestly, I think that's why Dolores and I are light, because what you see is what you get. That's true. I mean, you know that. When you yeah. see us in public, you see me talking to someone else. There's no different than when I'm uh, no uh, behind a camera. That's but, true. So. Yeah, you're not phony. I'll give you that. Do you yeah. watch these shows, Liz? I've tuned in, but there's just too many to keep track of. Too honestly. many. I was told New York is coming back, though. No, but they killed it because of the contract talks. Because like Already? you, yeah. What if they asked you to be in uh, young? I am the opposite of a housewife. Please, <laughs> please sit. <laughs> but that's why you'd be great. Maybe in ten years. Maybe yeah. in ten years, yeah. so you'd be different. So the first episode for folks that may have missed it, don't give too much away. What was um? What was some of the the. Uh, the new storylines that people are going to enjoy this year. Oh, uh, the new storylines is we, we have some newbies on the show, which we found out. <coughs> Danielle and... Uh, Danielle and Rachel. Right. right? Not my as wife, well as Danielle, Je There's the another way. Jennifer now, too. Another Jennifer. Yeah, there's another Jennifer. So Tiki's out. I mean, uh, uh, his wife is out. And Tracy. Uh, Tracy. Yes. And, uh, and now Jackie and Evan are pretty much out. Pretty they're, much. They're, they're friends. And, right. and I'm sad to say that because, honestly, I'm, I'm close with Jackie and Evan. Oh, I love them. And, and I thought they were a good part of the show. Great part. And the only Jews, by the way. So that's yeah. a horrible job by you guys. <laughs> oh, my. I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's okay. it. Yeah. We have no more Jews on the no show? No more Jews. That's it. Everybody else is a tie. She knew that. Oh, my <laughs> that's why. That's why she doesn't watch yeah, us. Clearly, the Bravo right. is uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, but on a serious note, uh, so you got the new girls, and what are the storylines that people like? Well, listen, we start off right off the bat. You know, there's throughout the entire season an issue between Teresa and Melissa. Right. All right. Which obviously that's a very yeah. public, ugly issue. Yeah, it, that's it, not it, just it, for TV. It, it, yes, hundred percent. And, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not optimistic about that getting back together because it involves a brother and a sister. And anytime mm. there's a family fight, especially when a family is small, mm. all right, you don't like to see it. And like yeah. you, you're really tight with Joe, the brother. Um, but I think uh, yeah. you like Teresa. I at one hundred percent. Yeah. And the, the one good thing, if anybody who watches the show sees, I try to stay neutral. I know. I try yeah. to stay you're neutral. You're smart. You're smart. You know, not only in front of the camera, but when the camera's off too. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to stay neutral because I like everybody on the show. I support yeah. everybody on the show. But this and, may be the downfall of the show. It's, it's this could it's, mean the end of it. All I'm, kidding I'm, aside, I'm hoping. I'm hoping not. And I hope they can make up because, the in my opinion, the audience doesn't want to see just. A drag out brawl. No, they don't. Over no. and over again. Especially when it's family. You yes. know, it's one thing if the friends and they don't get along, 
uh, I don't know. Give me an example. Uh, I don't know. Dolores and who, who else she can get along with those couple of years. Jen, Jen, her, Jen, her, 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 her oh, and Jennifer right, 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 now. right, but that's okay. But your brother and his sister, people, and, and by the way, it also turns people off. They're like, come on, man. This is real family yeah. stuff. We've got to move past that. Uh, Dolores has a new boyfriend, Paul. Was he in it last week? Yes, he was. He was. Yes, he was. And uh, was there any arguments between Jen and Dolores last week? Yes, there was. There was. Good. Yeah. And what about Margaret? Who's she fighting with now? Uh, Mar- Margaret. <laughs> Teresa. Margaret, Margaret made up somewhat with Teresa. Okay. You know, right now, Margaret, you, listen, put it bluntly, you don't want to screw around with Margaret. Right, no, she's you know, tough. Because she's, she's tough got a bitch she, right she, there. Not only that, but she's <laughs> yeah. got a closet full of information. Yeah. And you're afraid to know what, what's in that closet. Right, right, that's right. Why, right. You know, that's Pandora's box that's right why there. I, I stay close with yeah. Margaret. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's smart. Yeah. I got Joe Beningo with me wherever I go. <laughs> um, anything else I missed? Uh, that, uh, what's coming up the next couple of weeks that people may want to see? What are they promoting? <laughs> There, there's, it's, it's, the girls go away. They go to, like, where they go this year? Uh, they, they go away to another country. Another country? Uh, they go to another wow. country and they have a good time. Did you time. get invited? No, I don't get invited. Oh, no, no, I wait don't a get second. No, wait, two I years ago you were in Tennessee. But that's because Paulie wasn't around. Now Paulie's around. You oh, so you're out. Right. Right. Yeah. Are you going to be off the show eventually? I don't know. I thought I was last year, but I got to be honest. Production called me more than ever. I got to tell you because the, the, listen, the, the listeners, the fans love you. They love you. It, it, and they're not going to like Paul as much as you ever, by the way. Let's be honest. <laughs> so they love you. I'm being honest. They love you. They want more of you. I mean, the, the one theme that I always read online is when are Frank and Dolores getting back together? All the time. All, all the time. All, all right. the time. But not, the answer is never, buddy. Never. You know, Better it, it, chance it, it, that uh, Biden is a president again in 2000. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Since I, I didn't say it. Right. <laughs> so I got to ask you about this weed thing, though, because um, I know a lot of lawyers in New York are uh, getting excited about the possibility of doing the, is it the contracts, I guess? The, um, you know, the paperwork that allows these. Right. So yeah. you are involved in the business. Yes, I am. You have how many stores now? I don't have any stores of myself per se. What I do is I'm a consultant. I'm a consultant in, in all different aspects, all different uh, licenses issued for recreational cannabis. Recreational. Recreational cannabis. Okay. In Jersey. Um, and not only do we have grows, we have uh, manufacturing labs, and we have four. Four retail dispensaries, which are just underway now, being built. And when do you think all this will be ready to I, I, operate? I'm hoping uh, uh, beginning of June. Beginning wow, of June. soon. Yes. Yeah, but, but you don't you don't uh, do that stuff, do you? Do you smoke I, weed? Do you take I, edibles? I, I, I take I, edibles once in a while. Yeah, I like I, I, listen, I'll take yeah. some edibles as well. You did a couple this morning, haven't you? No, I can't. <laughs> If I did, I, if I did, my head be down on the table right now. I can't. I can't be honest. With you. I, no, I have no. I, I do. The, I actually take him to go to bed too. One hundred percent. It's much better than melatonin or any of this. Maybe not propofil, which Michael Jackson died from. But you down two edibles, you're good to go. So. Sid, you have no idea. Now that it's become legal, how many people who you would never think were into the cannabis? You know, listen, the soccer moms. Absolutely, oh, all of them. All all of them. Right. The places annex. I know, and they're not. It's not addicting. Hey, dog, you know, I'm um, dog. Uh, Lou, you know who loves? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, dog. He's on Howard Stern. That's how I found out about this a year and a half ago. Christopher Minute, dog Russo, the last person you'd ever think would do a drug, any even Tylenol. Don't say. He's it. on Stern. He loves edibles. You're you're lying. I swear on Gabriel. He does them all the time. I want photographic proof. Okay, I'll get it for you. <laughs> Mike, this is one of the best I've ever had, Mikey. <laughs> He's going to buy it at Frank's place. That's, is that the name? Of, what's the name of your uh, store? Uh, we got be? a few. Our, our stores are called, the, basically, the, the brand name is called The Dispensary. The Dispensary. Uh, the, the, the I like dispensary. that. That's cool. We, we got The Dispensary of Saddlebrook. We got The Dispensary of Union. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and we're, we're excited about it because, listen. Put aside, put aside all the other issues of just enjoying it and the edibles and making you feel good. There's such a medicinal side to it and a therapeutic side, which the other people just don't know. 
Like there is that side. Absolutely. Oh, gua- uh, your eyes and your uh, your heart, everything. Pain, pain, do, pain do you management. Do I have never tried weed in my entire life. Are you exactly? serious? I swear to God. Do you yeah. drink even? I I am Russian, so yes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you you just stop at, at liquor and heroin. That's it. You don't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, smart. You're smart. Yeah. You see, there that's you go. A, um, well, we're gonna, we're gonna bring some edibles one day, and I'll give them to you and see how you react on the air. Is that okay? I'm gonna die having. <laughs> you're, not gonna, you're not gonna die. You're gonna be fine. People are doing this all over the place. But I was talking this about to my wife. And I said, I don't know about the, the people involved in this business. You know, in New York, for example, if you want to open one of these places, you've got to be a criminal. They actually give the criminals first crack. And I go, what kind of clientele is this? I'm not even thrilled about my kids walking past smoke shops in New York City, let alone places where you can buy weed. But clearly you don't care. You just want to make the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, though. i got to be honest with you. In New Jersey, if you have a, a, a criminal record for um, either class three or four cannabis, you move to the top of the list. Yeah. You move to the top Isn't of the list. Isn't that crazy, Frank? But at the same point, i got to be honest with you, Sid. The regulations are so strict. They're so much more than even alcohol. Yeah. That, and what's good about it is if you come to a dispensary, a licensed dispensary, you know what you're getting. Right. As opposed to going to a drug dealer on a corner. True. Now at least with fentanyl. Uh, so it, it, it's... That's a good point. Right? And, yeah. and, and, and so you know you're getting yeah. exactly what you expect to be getting. But if, God forbid, Frankie or Gabby yeah. ever walked in, you'd be horrified, wouldn't you? I'd be horrified. <laughs> I would, but I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest. It's okay that, for my kids to walk right? in, but not yours. <laughs> if, that, if that's the worst I have to worry about my children i'm lucky no you got great kids are great kids two very very smart people and clearly that goes to you um so (laughs) (laughs) that's a gig to you Uh, so uh so on the way out uh the real housewives uh episode two coming up on tuesday yes the weed business is going well anything else you want to promote while you're here frank no that's it honestly you said it's just good to come in and see you as always you too you always say we're gonna get together i never get to see you yeah why because we're in two different states frank no and you're very busy I'm very, you, you know what is? Let, let's be honest. Be yeah. honest to your listeners. You yeah. have a, hu- a huge following. All right? You have a huge following. Yes. All right? And you know exactly why. All right? <laughs> all right? Come on. Because I'm bigger than you. That's true. All right? I hate that. I can't stand right? that. I say, when am I going to be as big as Frank? I work out extra hour, extra two hours. Yeah. I'll never be like you. Do me a favor. While I'm here, though, and all your listeners are listening, yeah. put it out there. All right? Who are you giving credit to who got you really into working out two and a half years ago? You did. Thank you, you did. Yeah. No, you were actually like a guru for me. Thank you. You were. And Thank I looked you. up to you in terms of the bodylifting stuff. And you look great. And you're about my age. Are you young or old? I'm 55. And I'm older than you. You're 56. 58. No, no you look great. God bless you. And you're going to come on Monday with Brittany? Uh, I would love to. Absolutely. Awesome. 100%. You're going to come to the screening and the after party. That, that's awesome. Because awesome. that, that's that kind of movie, that genre, genre is right up my alley. I know. You're going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, check them out every Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on the Bravo Channel, Will Housewives of New Jersey. Is he the most likable and the best real housewife husband of all, even though he's not really a husband. That's a whole other story. Frank Catania, <laughs> <laughs> sitting friends in the morning show. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take! Sid's Take, yeah! Good luck. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Yes, as always, sponsored by Peerless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. So today is Football Friday, the last Football Friday before the big game this Sunday. Um... So I decided to do all Super Bowl questions here. Uh, we didn't get a caller, so we fished out Mike DeDino from the sewers. 
Uh, he's here to play the uh, the game today. He's uh, our sports guy. Or what's your official title? Sports guy. That's on the resume, so that's all that counts. Mike, you say your uh, football knowledge is decent, no? I say my football knowledge is A1. That's why I'm really nervous to yeah, play this game been, right now. Uh, obviously, no one knows, but behind the scenes here, Mike has been uh, begging me to give him one of the questions before. Begging. So, and uh, he has his phone out. You have to put your phone down, though. There's no Googling here. I'm not going to Google. Come on, dude. Okay, fine. All right, so are you ready to play the game? I can still see you, Mike, so. <laughs> I'm not Googling anything. Give me Come your phone. on, man. No, phone. I'm not going to give you my phone. Respect me a little bit here. All right. You ready let's to do, do this? Question I guess one. so. I'm nervous. They're not, not that lie. hard. Right, except for it. most of them. So, number one, who will be performing at the halftime Beyonce. show? Beyonce. What was that? What? Yeah, I, I got like two and a half words out. No, it's Rihanna. Rihanna, that's what I meant. Put your phone down. All right, sorry. I met Rihanna. But... <laughs> Mike, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I met Rihanna. I really did. Okay. Okay. You were like 180 <laughs> this, degrees. This one you got to get, man. Totally. This year's game will be the first ever feature two brothers playing against each other. Who are they? Um, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. That might be the only one, honestly. Can I get that Beyonce run back? Because I just jumped the gun really quick. How, how do you want Too us late. to run this back? All right, sorry. <laughs> how do you expect? I just jumped out. The tape is rolled back. No, number three. One out of two. Famous. What famous jewelry company makes the Vince Lombardi trophy? I have no idea. Think of jewelry. That's oh. a terrible question. How is that Too Super late. Bowl trivia? That's not Super That's Bowl trivia. a terrible trivia. answer. If I'm being honest here. Both ends. It's, it's, Barbara Walters once said, there's no bad questions, only bad answers. Which is a stupid quote, <laughs> by, mind you. There's a ton of bad questions. Yeah, it sounds like one of your heroines. Like, where do onions come from? Horrible question. Anyway, number four. Who was the last player to win MVP and Super Bowl and the Super Bowl in the same year? Who was the last player to win the MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year? It's a good question. Oh, Patrick that's a good Mahomes. It's actually a lot longer than you'd expect. Kurt Warner back in 1999. Oh, wow. 24 years. And Pat Mahomes might be the, the next guy to do it. If Pat Mahomes does. He did win the MVP last night, so he yeah, wins he the Super Bowl, he will get it. So you're one for four here. Nice. Pretty embarrassing. I Very yeah. embarrassing. I mean, these yeah. aren't really, you know. Um, so let's, let's see if you could be, you know, subparring at this fifth one. At two All right, five. Let's do it. Number five, name one of the two left-handed quarterbacks to lead their team to a Super Bowl win. One of the two left-hand quarterbacks to win. See, the problem with these questions oh, yeah, is I'm 27 years old, and there's, no, and there's been no left-handed quarterback winner since I've been at least watching football. Let's think here. That's weak. <laughs> Any more excuses? Your, thumb, your thumbs hurt? You uh, didn't get a good night's sleep? Anything else? Pass. It was pass. Oh, wow, you hit the wrong button. The two were Ken Stabler and Steve Young. Oh, my Young. God. I swear to God I was going to say Ken Stabler, but I didn't know he was a lefty. It's it's better to say that than nothing, to say pass. All right. Oh, man. Mike, uh, you're off. Uh, Sid. How do you do? Terrible. Oh, bad questions. Nothing's from the 20th bad, century. Bad questions. <laughs> That's well, literally the first question all is of, the first two questions the first are two of questions. this year's Super Bowl. That's fair. All right, <laughs> they're all Super Bowl questions here, Mike. Wait, how <laughs> many did he get right? One. 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 Okay. I should. And I got the first one wrong. Okay. But I jumped the gun. I knew he, he didn't even let me. I got who and he just even Liz knew what it was. By the way, is that true? Yeah, I guarantee she didn't. <laughs> knew. No, no, number one. All right, let's do this. Number one. No, no. What was that? Oh my God! Is that Kelly Clarkson and no, a Michael Irvin? No, it's actually Sid's take. Number one. Okay. Who will be performing the halftime show in this year's big game? Rihanna. Spectacular. You got that wrong. 
I jumped the gun. Who you said? Brianna. I said Beyonce. I said who was? Tomato, tomato. It is a bad guess. That's racist, by the way. Okay, right. Okay. All right. So you tied Mike here. Number two. This year's game will be the first to ever feature two brothers playing against each other. Who are they? The Kelsey brothers. What are their names? Travis and Bob. Where are they going to college? They went well, that's to, not on the sheet in the United States. <laughs> this might, I don't know. This might be closer than we think, actually. Oh, what? Okay. So far, I got them both right. No, no. no you got them that, wrong. The second one does not count. You need to get their first names. Oh, I was only kidding. I thought it was Travis and John. You still got it wrong. You still got it wrong. Want to go to Liz and ask her? <laughs> Liz, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep you guys wrong. Number three. Num- yeah. Number three. Yeah. What famous jewelry company makes the Vince Lombardi trophy? You don't know this, Liz? I'm not even sure I know any famous jewelry companies. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I got it. It's, um... What's I don't know. The, what's the mug you, you use every morning? The mug. The mug? The, your coffee mug. Bolivar? No, no. This it's is still wrong. This is just going... <laughs> what? It's uh, Tiffany's. <laughs> oh, Tiffany. Oh, I, I, I was just trying that. to ski you in the wrong You didn't one. know that, Liz? I could have guessed that. Yeah, you should have gotten that. What did Mike guess? I'm curious. No, he, he didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm just passing. He passed on two of them. He said Home Depot. He's smart. <laughs> That's why I give a stupid answer like Bulova. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> Who is the last player to win MVP and the Super Bowl in the same year? What? The last player to win the regular season MVP and win a Super Bowl in the same year. It's not that difficult of a question. It, it's very difficult. It's, it's no, the structure fr- of it. He said what? Yeah, but it's no, crazy. You're not really talking. The way you hold the mic. You give me, this, you're it, look me at it, The mic's going limp on yeah. me. Uh, Peyton Manning. What? What? No. no. Kurt Warner back in 99. It's been a long time. Right. Pat Mahomes could do this year. So it's, <laughs> one, it's somehow. Beat, I'm not even going to beat Mike today. Actually, no. I think you will. I, no, because I, I should have got this, this one. one right. This one you, you should get. Name, name one. This is the game on the line here. Yeah. Oh, I'm scared. Name one of the two left-handed quarterbacks to lead their team to a Super Bowl win. Steve Young. Spectacular. Yeah. That's the I mean, game for you. <laughs> oh, I love that at the end. That was a good one. That's Steven the game. A, Stephen A. Steve uh, Young and Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler, the, uh, who went to what college? Oh, he went to uh, the same college yeah. as uh, Joe Namath and Bart Starr. Oh, that makes it easier. He yes. went to Bergen County Community College. Alabama. Alabama. There you go. Smarties. All right, good game. Mike Dino. thank you. Quickly, Michael, we have like a minute. Who wins the game on Sunday? I'm going back and forth on the game. Very difficult, but I guess if you point a gun at my head, I'll go with the Eagles. Eagles. And what was that prop bet you told me about that you're getting 21 and a half odds? Yeah, there's a prop bet I like. It is a three-player prop. Dallas Goddard over 48 and a half receiving yards. I like that. Gall- Dallas Goddard to score a touchdown. Jalen Hurts over 80 rushing yards. I like both. I like that. So, so you yeah, get 22 and a half odds. 22 to 1. To one. Mike Put Dino, everything you want on it. All right, he's uh, Mr. Sports here at WABC. Does not a great anymore. job. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed. I'd like to say I'm embarrassed. I'm not that bad. I don't do well. I don't do well on spot. I'm a nervous wreck. We'll come back in close shot right after this. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. It is Friday. I am in love. I love all of you people here today, except my wife, Danielle, my kids. I love Liz Pipko. I love her. 
I love you, Lou Rubino. I sound like Trump there for a second. I hey, love listen, you. <laughs> nobody loves you more than me, sir. That's all there is to it. You're one of the greatest. Uh, have I told you, you that thank today? You, have, I to- have I told you how great you are? Well, no, I'm going to tell you again. Yeah. Great. Well, I told you how much I loved you on page I two of today's Liz, New York Daily News, baby Liz girl. Was, Liz was great. She's one of the greatest. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, Macedonia, Phil, what a job you've done this week in Justin's stead. I mean, really done an amazing job. I'm very proud of you. Great job. All of our guests today were terrific from Janea Butler to Curtis Sliwa, to uh, Joseph Tacopina, Danny A., Frank Catania, Mike Francesa. It was fun, right, Liz? It was very fun. We yeah. discussed so many uh, important things and so many non-important things. <laughs> My favorite, yes. <laughs> uh, the better part was the second half, exactly. You were great, thank you. Thank Keep doing this, okay? Yeah, and good luck to your grandmother. Thank you. I hope she's going to be okay. Uh, Deb Valentine, thank you so much. Noam Layton was up big today. That was a great segment, too. If you need more uh, information about hookers in Arizona, feel free to text Noam at 201. He's got the deep dive. <laughs> he went the deep dive. Exactly right. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up, folks. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. I'm moving today, so my next two days are hellish. But I'll be back, God willing, Monday morning at 6 o'clock with a big movie screening coming up Monday night. You're all invited. More details on my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and more details on the air Monday as well. So until then, from all of us, to all of you on this gorgeous day in New York City. 